Welcome to episode 29 of the Face the Future podcast. It's your boy, Mill. It's your boy, Shan. We sitting here, man. We got a we got a special guest. Boy went viral this week. Uh, I mean, y'all know who he is. He, he, he was on the, um, the podcast when we first started, when we was talking about black on black crime and what people should do before this whole black movement, Black Lives Matter movement got big this year. We talked, it was about in 2019. So, boy, Moose, how you been, man? Yo, I, it was good, guys. Um, thanks for having me. Um, it's been good. Just trying to get everything together, get mental health together. Just, yeah, just trying to move, bro. I'm like getting old, so. Speak, speak on mental health a little bit. What, how, how important is that? Because a lot of people like in our community, especially like the black community being black males, we kind of shy away from any type of like medical attention, whether it's even going to the doctor, whether it's even talking about our thoughts, is it talking to therapists, that type of thing. So you're a person who... Who is an advocate for that type of stuff and making sure like your mental health is clear and and taking care of your mental because it is something that's vital to you operating at at a high level. So speak to that a little bit. Yeah, nah. Um, for myself, I'm a very big advocate for guys and their mental health because uh, I think it's something that's not really spoken on. Um, I know a lot of times like we're gonna talk about. Like, I have a lot to say on it, but like a lot of times like there's a lot more emphasis on the on mental health of women. And when we do talk about mental health when it comes to guys, it's really more so in a conversation of um, men always have problems or they're dealing with mental problems or they're dealing with demons. And yeah, I just think that the way that people perceive mental health towards men, it's always in a negative connotation. For myself, right, um, I had to personally take like a, a mental sabbatical from a lot of different things that I was doing just because I didn't know like what was wrong with me. Like I just found myself doing a lot of like, let me not say BS, but like a lot of things that like I normally wasn't doing like as I got older. And, you know, like, when you get older, you start to observe yourself more. And I, I kind of just noticed that. So I started going to a therapist, like, um, like two years ago. Yeah, like a year or two ago. And from then, it was just been, like, it's just been great, you know. Like, I've just been able to look at myself more introspectively. Um, and I, I highly advise, like, any male, specifically a black male, to do that. Because it'll help you in the long run with your relationships, like, with yourself. Um, just learning more about yourself and why you do the things that you do. I, I'm a very big advocate for black men specifically to go and just like go get your mental health together and it doesn't have to just be therapy um so like i don't want to go in too much detail about like what your conversations are because that's like personal but when you're talking to a therapist does it ever trigger things that maybe you have like had in the back of your mind that you don't really it doesn't really come up unless something like you come across a certain scenario or situation that'll trigger something in the past that maybe like affected you mentally in the past that you don't talk about just because you don't want to talk about it. It just builds up and just having those conversations with the therapist, does that help a lot or? Yeah. So it depends, right? So it depends with my therapist. So I had two therapists. My first therapist, I'll speak specifically about her. She was a black woman. Um, She helped me out a lot with a lot of things that I was triggered with. And I didn't know I was triggered about those things until, you know, she actually pointed them out. Um, There was a lot of personal stuff that I was like, okay, this stuff still affected me after like six months, a year, you know, there, and it's just from there, um, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, there was some things that I realized that triggered me, um, and from there, we kind of based the conversations, because a lot of things you'll realize with just therapists in general and just your mental health has to deal with a lot of self-love and how you view yourself and how you care about yourself um, and your upbringing and how that relates to who you are as a person today. So, like, a lot of it is rooted in self-love. Um, you can love yourself too much. You can love yourself in a different way. There's a lot of different 
avenues that people take it when they go to therapists, you know, and the core of it is just, you know, loving yourself, taking care of yourself, uh, making sure that when you do um, do things, just do things with compassion, deal with people with compassion and things of that nature. So, yeah, it helped me a lot and it helped me realize those things and how I should relate to people like my relationships, um, interpersonal relationships. So with that being said, talking about like love, compassion, that type of thing, when we were on on Twitter, like you said, the situation with the J. Cole thing that came out, the song came out talking about no name and, and you got into kind of like a, I won't say a confrontation, but a conversation that kind of went viral because <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a confrontation. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> okay. We'll call it a, we'll call it a confrontation. Um, but you're talking about compassion and love and basically like you're talking about the message right there. That's kind of like a thing you just touched on speaking about what, what therapy does and things like that. And the big debate about the J. Cole song that dropped was that not so much that J. Cole was talking about what was going on in the culture and things that needed to change. It was more so him addressing that compassion or lack thereof of a leader that's supposed to be helping their people. And he got a lot of backlash for it because in our community, black women, they kind of get a bad rep for being like too emotional or being or their tone being overbearing at times. Yeah. Whether we agree with that or not, that's a, that's a rep that they have. Yeah. And I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but that's the rep that they have. And that kind of like triggered a lot of black women on, on, so, on social media. And so what are your thoughts on that for the people that didn't see a conversation you had on Twitter? But what are your thoughts on that? Um, just to talk about that stuff where I talk about Twitter, I think that, um, to be honest with you, I think that the internet has a lot to do with how people perceive, um, certain things. Um, groupthink is a real big problem. Um, and that's why J. Cole got the flight that he got. Um, in regards to the content of like love and compassion, I just think that in the black community on both men and women's side, there's a lack of compassion and love for each other. Um, I just think that just even looking at the J. Cole situation, everybody came at Cole for what reason? Because he said, hey, I appreciate the fact that you said this. I don't know everything. I just went to college. That was it. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, can you please? I appreciate the fact you said this, but I just didn't like the way that you said it. You know what I'm saying? In a healthy way. It's not like he's like, yo, F you, ah, none of that. So it becomes a situation where it's like, why are you upset that he complained about say something in a nice way because people may not understand the tone they're coming with? Like, we... Just, I'm not even, I'm not trying to come for black women. I'm not trying to do who, who's more of a victim. I'm just speaking from a black male's perspective. As a black man, I go through a situation where I could get killed at any moment. People don't give me loans. People look at me crazy. Karen's looking at me crazy, trying to get me sent to jail, all that stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm like, at that point, I'm already on edge. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you go into a situation where you have somebody and it's like, you have somebody that looks like you and they're coming crazy at you, that's going to trigger something. Like. Oh, most, absolutely. Yeah, most black men, like most, and don't get me wrong, it's not, a, it don't, don't, sometimes I'll admit, yeah, it's an ego thing, but sometimes when you have, you're you're in class, you know, like, you have a teacher constantly saying something to you, oh, you stupid, you this, you this, right? And the next thing you know, you hear somebody else that look like you or someone that you care about you says those same exact things, it hurts. It's going to hurt a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to hurt, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, like, when J. Cole saying, yo, like, I appreciate the fact that you said that, but please watch your tone, it's like, why are you up? Like, I understand why you're upset, but it's like, it's not like he came and said it like, yo, F no name, F this. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, yo, there's a group of people who may really not understand what you're saying because of the way that you said it. Like, and that's just what it is. 
Some people don't like certain tones. As a black man, some people can appreciate yelling. Like, we played sports. You know, if someone's in our face saying something, it's going to be a lot different. It's going to be a lot different for us compared to, say, someone else who's never played sports, someone else, you know, who's had caring parents. Like, yeah. you yell at them and they face, oh, you do this, you do this. It's like... They might break down. Yeah, they're, they're not going to take that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to, like... And that was another thing that I was going to talk about in general. Just like, you have to think about that. Like, the whole movement of, like, feminism, men go their own way, red pill, blue, all that stuff. The number one problem with that, because that all falls into a lot of things that go on on Twitter, is that we don't make decisions in a vacuum. And what I mean by that is you can't make a decision and think that nothing else impacts the decision that you're making. So when you're doing that, saying, that, oh, yeah, J. Cole, J. Cole's contribution to patriarchy because of whatever, it's like, how are you contributing to patriarchy because he's responding to something about how he felt? This isn't to say that he may not have privilege, things of that nature, but it's like he's talking from a standpoint of just saying, I didn't like your tone, not even just for me, but for everyone else. Like, And that's just what it is. Um, I've seen a clear divide on Twitter, like men versus women, from what I've seen. But I think it'll it'll be a good to bring up, you know, that that conversation. You know, let's have a conversation between each other and let's figure out what the problem is amongst ourselves. Because like you said, bad women get a bad rap all the time. So I think this would be a good way to maybe bridge the gap, have the conversation and get to the root of the issue. If you see an issue. And that and that was my and that was my other point, right? It's like we look at it right now. Everybody was upset that you know J Cole was talking about no name. Oh, she has a book club. She's doing this. She's doing this, right? And that's where my tweet came from. Like I was saying all those things. Granted, I said it the wrong way. Like I didn't complete my you whole. Definitely talk. said it the wrong way. Talk about it. Yeah, talk I said that the wrong way. Because what you said, what the tweet. I mean, don't quote me on it, but you, it was something along the lines of a basically. What you say, a book club? Yeah, like my like. Basically, I said, like, yo, what does a book club have to do with educating? Yeah, and that went yeah, crazy. Yeah, it went crazy. People went crazy. Yo, people went and crazy. people were like, people were like, I mean, if you read a book, you're going to get educated. You know what I'm saying? It went crazy, but they said it in all different types of terms. Yeah. Which, what they were saying was true, but at the same time, I understood what you was trying to say, but the way you said it yeah, was, it was like, bad. It was right bad. when you tweeted, I was like, uh, I literally said, I sent it to all the group chats. I'm like, <laughs> I said, yo, this is about to go crazy. And they looked at it and the people took off on you. Yeah, like, yeah, bro. Yeah, no, nah, I, I muted that tweet. Like, at first, I was reading, I was like, dang, like, it was really never that deep. You, you was getting um tweets from verified accounts, bro, like, was, over like, and yeah, over and over, blue checks all in the mentions. I was bro. like, it's not that deep, bro. Like, I was like, yeah, I said it. It was like, what does a book club have to do? Educate. And I mentioned in that tweet, too, I mentioned in the tweet because someone was like, oh, if you read, you do this, you get educated, it helps people. But I'm like, all right, cool. Let's not let's take no name out, for example. If you read Goosebumps, are you educating yourself? That's a fiction book. You get what I'm saying? So like my what I meant what I was trying to say in context of that was, okay, cool, no name has a book club. I understand who no name is, I understand how Chicago is. But taking no name out, for example, for just just for a second, just because you have a book club doesn't necessarily mean the general masses of who needs to learn of what you're complaining about is going to learn anything. You get what I'm saying? I agree like, with that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I agree with it too. And that's, the, and that's the biggest problem. It's like, yeah, she's doing all these things, right? And I'm not even knocking her. I commend her. Like, I, I like No Name. I like her versus she's dope. She's tough. She's a tough rapper. She's an incredible woman for what she's doing. But what I'm saying is that the context of what everybody was saying is that, oh, patriarchy is this thing. And, you know, men need to go and educate themselves on how they need to treat black women. And my thing is that, like, you want us to educate ourselves on you, but you guys don't want us to, what you don't want to teach us how to help you better. And you guys get mad when we ask you guys to educate us. This isn't to say that some guys don't go out of their way, you know, to be jerks, to be assholes. But 
for the most part, what I've seen on Twitter, and that this has been my number one problem, is that okay, I have a problem. I have a problem with this. I hate men. Men need to do better. Okay, how can we do better? Uh, I'm too tired to teach you. No, I I agree. I agree. And I had this conversation the other day with with a couple of friends, female friends, things like that. And it's like my big thing with the whole J Cole situation versus No Name situation. One, with that whole J. Cole song, I don't think it was a diss in the first place. It wasn't. And then on top of that, what I got from that song was like, oh, you can't have this. Because everybody wants to talk about tone. Everybody wants to talk about tone. My thing is, when you're trying to educate your people, you can't have the same tone that you would have if you're trying to get through to your oppressor. Exactly. You feel me? Like, you're not going to yell at your people the same way you're going to yell the people that are holding you back because you're trying to break through to the people that are trying to hold you back. You're not, you feel me? Because they're not trying to listen. So you're going to come at them with an aggressive tone like you need to do this, you need this. Same thing with the riots. You feel me? We're doing that because the way we were, the tone we had prior was not getting through to them. So now we're going to take it to another level so you can understand a message you're trying to get. Exactly. But in the same sentence, that's the reason why you see um, black people in the community get mad uh, at the people that are doing the riots that, that are looting the black businesses. Yeah. It's like, you don't do that to the, your people. You feel me? Yeah. You're supposed to bring them up to speed. And like I said, you, we play sports and all that. And the good thing about great coaches, they know how to the communicate, communicate effective, effectively to, to their players. Just because yelling at Toby will get a message across to him doesn't mean if I yell at, if I yell at Shan, he's going to understand the message the same way. I may exactly. have to come approach him a different way because yeah. I know how he is. So that's the same thing. And then when I, when I, told, when I was listening to the song, and I heard Joe Cole say his verses. I was like, okay, he's big upping her. He's telling her queen and all that stuff. And on top of that, he's saying you're very more educated. You reached a lot of people. Maybe if you try this alternative approach, it'll reach even more people. And I was like, that's the way I got the first time I heard the song. I was that's like, that's exactly what I, I heard. didn't think of, but I can understand why the black women got mad because it's like I said, that stigma they have of being too emotional and aggressive is something that triggers them. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about earlier when you're talking about going to a therapist and certain moments trigger you is like because it's it's something they hear over and over and over throughout their life. And I was talking, I was even talking to my mom about this. And the first thing when I was talking about the situation, she heard the tone. She's like, that's something we always get told, even in the workforce is like, yeah. I can't be emotional, but my boss comes in, he'll. he'll be all emotional working his job, whatever it may be. And I've heard that multiple times through, through black women that are in the corporate world, whatever it may be. The moment that they put their emotion on their sleeve to get their point across, it's like, all right, you're doing too much. And that's not fair. That, that That's not fair at all. It's for not. And, and it's... Black women face a lot of shit just like black men do in this country. And especially when it comes to, like, the stereotyping and stuff like that, you know? um, It's like it's hard for them to get that respect a lot of times, I feel, you know? So I feel their pain when they come on and see something like that and like, damn, like, we getting attacked again? So I understand where they're coming from. And like I like I, like I said, I think this is great that somebody like J. Cole came out and made a song. I don't want to call it controversial, but it's, be- it's became controversial. Yeah. So now it's an opportunity for us to have these conversations, you know, ha- have the dialogue, ha- have the back and forth, because there's a lot of people that have a lot to say about it. So, you know, let's talk about it. But we got to but we got to talk about it with an open mind. And one thing that we can do is we can't get mad at somebody for having an opinion, which I feel like especially on Twitter happens too much oh. because Twitter is all just opinions cuz essentially on Twitter we're all talking to ourselves, right? More or less. We're all pretty much yes. talking to ourselves. So, we got to keep an open mind with people's opinions and maybe instead of freaking out at them coming at them and you know started starting with the insults 
Let's have a conversation. Why not try and try and say, well, instead of me freaking out on Toby, maybe come to Toby in in a different way and say, listen, Tobe, let's have a conversation about this, and maybe I can put you on some shit, and your opinion might change. You never know. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like, and my number one thing, like you said about Twitter, is that you talking to yourself, but at the same time. Once you start seeing stuff, and this is the biggest thing that I was trying to... I was explaining this to my girl the other day. I'm like, yo, when you understand how media works, you will understand exactly why people act the way that they act on Twitter. Because the moment I saw one person say something about J. Cole, I didn't like it. Next thing you know, a whole avalanche came through. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. It's like negativity sells. You get what I'm saying? Negativity sells OD. The moment, oh, I hate J. Cole. We're not talking about this. da 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 da, da. Patriarchy. Like, he called her a queen. Now, all of a sudden, queen is a patriarchal term. I said, I read that tweet. I, I logged off. I was like, I'm not doing this today. So, like, queen is now all of a sudden a patriarchal term. And then they tried to say it was like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. I, was, like, I didn't see it as that, though. Like, honestly, I didn't see it as that. And the people that are saying the backhand, it's like, he was literally big upping her the whole intro. And the, own, the, the only thing that people were triggered for is the tone. Yeah. They, and, then, and then after they heard that part... They reach for they, everything else. Not even it's, just like, it's like it's like they after they heard that part, they didn't even listen to it. It's like everything else went blank. They didn't listen to what he was saying after that. Once they heard that point in time, that's what happens with a lot of people in conversation. And also, I was I had like I said, when I was having conversations with other people, I see like when you have a lot of conversations with people, when you come out with certain certain maybe aggressiveness, whatever it may be, people aren't just listening to to listen, to understand, to listen, and to rebuttal now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They listen, because now you triggered them. It's like, all right, I'm going to listen and try to pick apart what they say, so I'm going to come back at them with something, because you made me feel some type of way. Yeah. And that's why I made the tweet. Um, I think you had liked it. It said, you can have disagreements with people and still have the utmost respect for them. You can say something that's true in the midst of conversation without it meaning another person's truth isn't true as well, which that's, is facts. That's, right. that's why group think is so terrible, because it assumes that one thing is absolute, right? But the thing is, is like what absolute truths, there can be more than one absolute truth, right? Just religious, like religiously real quick. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is God. God is Jesus. Those two truths are both the same truth. God, King, Kings, all that stuff. All those things can be absolute truths. There are three different types of people, all the same absolute truth, right? And it's the same thing here. Women, and this has been my biggest problem with everything that just happened within a week and a half, we went from solidarity and unity to black men are trash, black men are this, black men are this, and black men are this, period. Now, my thing is that in solidarity, you can have the ultimate truth that all black lives are being attacked. But at that same time, you can also say that, yes, all black all black lives matter are being attacked. This is true. But black women are also facing a lot of struggle as well. That can be also true. The problem is that is like people people want to play who's the bigger victim. Especially, I'll be honest, on both men and black men and black women, mm-hmm. we do that. Oh, men, we have to sit here. We have to deal with women's attitudes. We have to do this. We have to do this. But, like, maybe sometimes, yo, sometimes you really may deserve that, bro. Like, you really may have to man up. Like, that's it. Facts. As a woman, yeah, yo, you may be 100% right. But maybe the type of way that you're delivering it to the people that you care about. I'm not even talking about work, people. Or I'm talking about the people that you care about. Maybe your delivery with talking about, hey, these are my struggles, may be wrong. And that's okay. Goes both ways. And, yeah. that's, and that's the whole core thing about therapy. It's like, you can have a truth of, yo, you don't have to tolerate this, but you also don't have to sit here and be toxic about it. And that is okay. Yeah. And people, and because people on Twitter just had that whole absolute truth of, this is exactly how men are, this is exactly how mm-hmm. women are. Yes, fundamentally, when it comes to like attraction, dating, whatever, women and men have two different 
two different like styles of what they're looking for, yes. But in the absolute truth, we all still have to treat these same people with compassion. We all have to treat people with love. We have to treat ourselves with love. If you're disrespecting somebody and feel like you have to disrespect someone as a man or a woman, you don't love yourself enough. You don't respect yourself enough to sit here and try to talk to somebody with that respect because you're going to get the disrespect back. And yeah. that's been the biggest the biggest misconception, and people just don't see that. And I think a lot of times a lot of people go into conversations with their minds already made up, exactly. ready for a fight. So no matter what you say, like Mill said, they're not even going to be listening to what you're saying. You might say something that might be 100% facts that might help them look at something in a different way, but because they're so enraged and they're already in defense mode and they're ready to, like Mill said, rebuttal with you, that's all they want to do, and that's all it's going to be. You know, instead of just, let's have a conversation. You say how you feel, I say how I feel, yada, yada, yada. It's just arguing back and forth, and in that case, you're going nowhere. Yeah, You're going in circles at that point because eventually you're going to start to repeat the same things. You know, you're going to, by point seven, you're going to revert back to point one. And start all over again. And it's just that same repetitive cycle where nothing gets solved. So I think when it comes to things like this, not just this specific situation, but all things, people got to keep an open mind. That's what I keep trying to say. Let's have a conversation. And we're all adults. So we should be able to have a conversation without getting mad or arguing. Let's have a dialogue. Because once you start raising your voice, I'm going to start raising my voice. And so on and so on, and then we mad at each other, and then it's like f you and f you too. Yeah. So now what? There was an interest. There was an interesting video I watched about. I think it was it was like feminism versus like like men's rights versus women's rights. And what I noticed was that when they were asking questions, and this is another thing that I noticed, like, and this happened like after um um the situation with Oluwatoyin, like rest in peace to her, like. I noticed that when people start, like, when they answer questions that are triggering, they either, and I do this too, and I've realized that, someone pointed out to me, that we, that we either divert it to people all don't want this, or other people don't like this, or this is how the world is, but we never actually address how we're feeling about that, if that makes sense. Can, can I, before you, before you um, go into that thought, because um, you, you're on Twitter, you're actively on Twitter, um, so when that... That thing, what was her name? All the way to yeah. Okay, I don't want to mispronounce her name. Rest in peace to her. Mm-hmm. So after that situation, did you kind of see yep. that shift from the unity in our community to, dang, black men are doing this to our black men at all times? And then you start seeing more and more videos popping up of, of black men, I guess, disrespecting, disrespecting yep. black women. It was like, I was like, dang, just a few, not even a day, just a few hours ago, we was, we was- a, on a united front. And now... Everything shifted to y'all have to y'all not we're not fighting the same battle y'all y'all not supporting exactly. us and this is like it's like dang right. it, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier. Granted, yes, we know that there's that issue. We know that there's that issue with with some dis- disrespect that type of thing, like you were alluding to earlier. Exactly. But it's like, is it the time for us to be united? Or is it the time for us to pick and choose? Well, now we're at a divided a divided community where it goes from. Where it goes from the black women thinking the black men aren't doing enough, and then you have like the black trans community thinking they're not, we're, us as a whole aren't doing enough for them. People aren't speaking up. And now it's like, now you have your whole subgroups of saying, you feel me? Before it was all Black Lives Matter. Now yeah. it's like, now we have our different subgroups. Well, y'all not giving us enough attention. Oh, now y'all getting enough attention. Now it's like chaos. And it's like, I feel like that's a trend that happens in the black community in general, whether it's business, whether it's, it's this, whether it's that. It's like, it's like it's crazy because, and that's the that's the big thing with our communities, as opposed to other communities. Like, 
we never have a united front, and if we do, it never lasts long. Yeah. And it's just frustrating. Because yeah. it was going so well for so Smooth, long. Son. So well, we're, stuff was happening. People, You could see that that energy that we were supposed to have within our community. It's like, dang, it's always something. And you hear that phrase all the time, it's always, always something. something. Yep. And now my timeline's back to normal. And it's just like, and that's the worst part. Because it's just, my thing was that we got George Floyd's, we got George Floyd's killers in jail, trial, all that stuff. Granted, they let him out on some BS. I seen the bail. I seen the bail information. It was BS. But that's besides the point, right? We were working on Breonna Taylor's murderers. Cool. Like we were like, yo, justice for Breonna Taylor. Everybody was unified on that. You feel me? We are addressing a black woman's issues, correct? Cool. The moment the situation with Oluwatoyin happened, granted. I'm and don't get me wrong, this situation was terrible. It was horrible just based off of the premise of like she was out here fighting for black men and then what happened, like it, it's ironic. Yeah, it was a fucked up situation to say the least. And like I said, like like I'ma say hundred percent, it's it's a messed up situation. It's a terrible and, situation. And the guy who did what he did to her is messed up. He yeah, need I'm saying he needs to be in jail. The her family, you guys are messed up for 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 putting her in that predicament. Honestly. You feel me? That whole situation is messed up and that's a whole the family complex in our community as well is a whole other thing Bro, that we can we can do that today. But we don't need to dive into. But that's there's so many different things that led up to that situation. That's like, damn, we gotta look at ourselves and reflect and be like, we gotta change this or stuff like this is gonna continue to happen. Something I always say, whenever when it comes to things like this, when we want to get right, we gotta get right in our own community first. I always say that to me, we gotta get right in our own community first before. We can even go out there and say anything because, you know, they be looking at us like, look at y'all. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Y'all fighting amongst each other and we supposed to be coming to support y'all. We got to we gotta do better on that front. Yeah. Uh, across all aspects of the, of the black community. We have to come together more. Respectability politics, as much as people hate it, it's actually important. And it's not, and it's not even talking about black on black crime. Like, I'm talking more so about, you have to understand... The FBI, the police, everybody's getting just as smart as everyone else is. They're going to the internet. They're seeing everything. They're tracking IP numbers. They're killing protesters, sending protesters to jail. You feel me? So it's like you have to understand that we have to, even if there is problems, we have to look like we don't have any problems. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not sitting here saying no one's problems are less important. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that these white people are not realizing that half the stuff that we know is coming from Twitter, Instagram, all of that stuff. They're going online just like they are making up fake pages, all that stuff. So you have to be careful in what you're saying because now once they see that, okay, we're divided. It's easy to put. It's easy to now say, okay, the Olatoyan situation happened. Now we're divided again. Boom, another video. Uh, a dude smacks some girl in the face with a skateboard. Granted, he's effed up. He needs to get beat up. And cool. then the trash can situation when they yeah. dumping somebody in a trash can. Like, like I said, that's what I told you. Like everything. You, it's all of a sudden after that Olatoyan situation, you just see back to back to back yeah. to back to back to. And not saying it should be ignored, but it's like. That's those videos circulate as intentional. I feel like it does. It seems intentional, and that's why I said it's just like you did this right, mind you. George Floyd was somebody with a family. I'm not saying that he's a perfect man. George Floyd had a family. Did you see him going out of his way, smacking girls in the face with, with skateboards? You saw him throwing girls in, in the trash can. This isn't me saying that you know guys that you know are good men deserve a prize. That's not what I'm saying. We're not trying to say about oh we're bigging up ourselves, but at the same time. Stop acknowledging so much negativity. Like, going back to what you said about there, like, when you get into a cycle of you see negativity, you're dealing with negativity, you internalize negativity, you're going to breed negativity. You know what I'm saying? 
we just complained about how media how media um demonizes black men, black women, all that stuff where now all of a sudden it's no matter what he did, all of a sudden he 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 picked up a pencil from from school in 8th grade and now all of a sudden he's a, he's a demon. You get what I'm saying? He deserved to die. And the situation is that that's not the case. We understand that's not the case. We have to understand, like I said, we have to respect each other on the front on all ends. Negative shit happens in black community in the black community. Yes. But we also have to understand that the fight that we're fighting Yes, we have to fix ourselves, like Shannon said, but we can't look broken in front of the people. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't look broken, and we look broken. My timeline is back to normal. Like, City Girls dropped an mm-hmm. album. Every girl's going to be tweeting about the City Girls. Everybody's going to be doing all that. Like, all the stuff was intentional. It was divisive, and now, cool, we're divided again, and I've seen, like, probably, like, 10 Breonna Taylor tweets. And that's it. And that's unfortunate. And, yeah. Because my thing, my thing with all this is... I don't want it to just be a snap in the finger moment in time. You feel me? Yeah. Because you feel me? I, I, I'm i a person, you know, I'm passionate about this whole situation. You're passionate. Shan's passionate about the stuff that's going on yeah. and the change that needs to be made. And I feel like we're very vocal about these situations. People may not always agree with our approaches and how we come about saying things need to be done. But I'm saying it's a, it's a known thing that we're vocal about how we feel about what's going on. And I feel as though... It's almost like the same thing we're preaching about is like, bro, people know that there's a lot of black men that care for the black women in our community. And I feel like when that when that ideology gets spread through social media, now everybody's going to, oh, y'all really don't care about us. Like, when it's not really the truth. Yeah. No, it's not. Because I, I can name all, our whole friend groups are, are predominantly black males. And I've never seen none of them disrespect the black woman in my life. Exactly. And if any of them did, they would all get checked. Yeah. That's my thing. So it's like, when you see that, oh, y'all don't really care about the fight, it's like, nah. Yeah, bro. I feel a certain way when I see somebody disrespect this. You feel me? Yeah. I'm, my sister or something like that's like, come on now. It's not even just that. Like, I'm not even trying to make myself some some super guy, but it's like, yo, like, the first thing I personally do with my friends, like, when I went to Rutgers, like, and, you know, I have, you know, I have friends that went there. I have a lot of female friends. They would know. Like, I let them know. If you need anything, you need a ride, you drunk, you're doing this, call me. Facts. If I'm here, you can get a ride home with me. I will look out for you. Like, my guy friends, they they guys. Like, they cool. But girls, they get preyed on at parties. They have all these different things. Like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I let people, I let them know. Like, yo, like, let me know if you need anything. Like, make sure you don't drink too much. Like, I'm, I'm like, it sounds bad, but I be acting like a dad sometimes. Like, even with me being drunk. So it's like for me to sit here and be like, oh, black men don't care. Black men don't care about black women. I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting to look at. Mind you, I look out for my black women more than I look out for my black men. Not to sit here and say that they're not important, but I understand, I understand and I've internalized how that feels for them. And that's why, like going back to what you're saying, the next like we can't continue to have this continu- continuous notion that black men don't care about black women. Cause that's all good and dandy on the internet. It's cool to say that on the internet, but once you log off, you're going back into a black family. This isn't to say everybody's black family is perfect, all of that, but you're going to see black men. You see upstanding black men. There are people that make mistakes. There are black men that made mistakes. Yes, but they also have changed their lives. Some of them, not saying all of them. I've made mistakes before as a black man. I've changed my, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like holding us to the standard of one guy. And I'll say Joe Budden made the perfect point about this with the Ari Lennox situation like months ago. Stop using 
situate like the situation of small small people who are insignificant or people who are just messed up as the notion and the standard for everybody. Like it's not facts. Like wow. that's facts. Don't do that, bro. Because like say that one more time. Yo, do not use the standard of messed up people and small individuals as a general standard for everybody. Right. Because I guarantee you, whoever whoever decided to rape and kill um, Oluwatoyin. Guarantee you, like that man came from a messed up, a messed up household. He had a lot of internal issues that he had to struggle with. Small minded, yeah, and yeah. he didn't get, go get those fixed. So now you're gonna tell me, as a black man, I'm still going to sit here and be compared to a man like that, knowing damn well I'm going to therapy, mm-hmm. knowing damn well I keep care of my woman, knowing damn well I do everything I need to do to make sure that my family is okay. That yeah, like, fuck that. Yeah, like that. That's corny, and yeah. that's why, and that's why, like black men on the internet either don't say nothing. Or they get upset because it's like we refuse to be put into that yeah, box. Yeah, like you're not you're not going to marginalize me. Like, yeah, nah, Agreed. nah, nah, nah. Speaking of that same stuff on the internet, what do you, what do you feel? What do y'all feel about people putting so much value in you tweeting about something when you could be out there very well, be out there behind closed door doing what you got to do? Like, yeah, I understand you have a platform. You can say what you have to say because obviously that's where that's where the J Cole song "Rooter" from was a no name tweet saying yeah. they're not do like. You have all these big name mainstream artists, top song artists that um, rap about um, black situations and stuff like that, but they're not. You can't even get a tweet from them. It's like, bro, at the end of the day, there's plenty of people that are tweeting that aren't doing nothing, doing all this yapping on. There's there's plenty of people I know that are making all these tweets, right. reposting they that aren't doing anything. anything to help yeah. this situation. Yeah. If y'all think a tweet is more valuable than actually being hands on with the situation. You guys are crazy. Fooling You're fooling yourself. I put You're it fooling like this. yourself. And I and I, I, my, I tell people all the time that one, I feel like our community puts too much value in celebrity. That's one thing. Yep. That's the first thing. And that's where we gotta we gotta change that that idea that celebrities are supposed to be people that come save us. You feel me? One, you shouldn't be always looking at celebrities. You have people that are are well educated in the in the uh, political world or reform world, whatever it may be, that you should be looking for to to get your resources or or your ideas how you could help situations. I'm not looking for a big time celebrity to come and save me, bro. Because at the end of the day, they're a regular person like me. That's how I think about it. Ja Rule is not coming to save us, y'all. Ja Rule is not coming to save us. Like he don't got nothing to say. And it's like we place so much emphasis on celebrity culture because that's the lifestyle that we want to live. You know what I'm saying? And because we see a black person that looks like us, we automatically assume that they're going to think like us. We're going to, like, to be honest with you, once you get into, outside of race, like, when you look at capitalism, the two main important things that are important about capitalism is how it affects races and how it affects the haves and the have-nots. When you have it, they're not going to think like a have-not. Like, granted, like, yeah, Jay-Z think, Jay-Z, yeah, he's a black man, he grew up, he sold, co- he sold cocaine, all that stuff, right? But he don't think like that no more. That's not that's not his emphasis. It's not. He make music. He has residual income. He has real estate. Has probably a perfect credit score. He's a billionaire. He's a he's a businessman. Yeah, he's not thinking the way that you know um, a middle class African American male is gonna think about. Like, granted, yeah, he has more power. He does make changes, but he's not thinking the same way we are. NBA young boy is like what twenty one, twenty two. He's not gonna think the same way that we're thinking. Because he grew up in a completely different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And his lifestyle and his brand does not, like, you know, it doesn't, um, what am I trying to say? It doesn't, it's basically not the type of image that would be like, oh, yeah, he's a part of Black Lives Matter movement. That's not to sit here and say he doesn't care about black lives. 
but that's not his brand. Mm -hmm. So you want people who are coming out of their brand, you know, to come out, protest, do all these different things. People are going to go and pro people are going to go to those protests and not go there because of the protest before another reason. And I ask people this all the time. I'm like, if Drake went to the pro, if Drake went out and protested right now, do you think people are going to the protest to protest or they're going to the protest to see Drake? Probably, and probably you'll, you'll have a mix of both crowds there, but you'll definitely have a lot of people that are going to come and try and see Drake. And that's it. And it's like, for me, I look at it as you're placing emphasis on these people who one, don't want to take away from the message or two, don't even really have anything to say because there's nothing. For and them a lot to of them say. don't, a lot of them, a lot of them don't because there's, there's plenty of black athletes that are huge philanthropists yeah, and, and do a lot of things in, in times like this, just because. They might not put out a tweet. Doesn't mean that they don't give a fuck. Like Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar dropped an album in 2016. Probably top top 15 greatest albums ever. What happened? Oh, we don't want to listen to to Pimp a Butterfly. It, it's boring. We don't we don't want to listen to that lyrical stuff. Now all of a sudden everybody's complaining that Kendrick Lamar is not outside. Mind you, there's a picture of him outside. Same thing yeah, with Wale. And also, like that's another thing. I'd rather have them not announce that they're going somewhere and just be there. Mm -hmm. That I'd rather have that, like you said, not to take away from the message. And I feel like they do that intentionally. They don't announce, oh, I'm going to this protest, whatever it may be, because it's going to take away from what you're actually meant to be there for. Yeah, people... You feel me? Mm -hmm. And, like, you see pictures You see pictures of them out in the protest at all the time. Like I said, I, I told you when we were having a conversation after your situation went viral, I'm like, I really don't know how... People can say they don't care, like stars like J. Cole and them don't care about what's going on. When Mike Brown got shot, he, J. Cole flew, flew to the scene flew by to himself scene to, see. to to be to be at the be where it happened to be where it happened <laughs> to see what was really going on. Yo, and then on top of that, in his in his in his song that he just dropped, he literally was saying he's trying to educate himself more, and he's not he's not what everybody. He's not that. He doesn't have that. He's not what that. He's like his fans put him up to be. You feel me? Because if you think about it, the fans and the people put J Cole as this as the goal. As, as this person that's woke and all this stuff. Granted, his music speaks on topics that need to be speak about, spoke about. Yeah. But he never really, he never really came out as being. He never really bluntly said, "I'm this educated person. I'm woke." I'm saying he's he's rapping on his experiences that he came across or people that he knows that he's talked about. You feel me? And same with Kendrick, they rap about the stuff that. They've encountered their life. They're not saying they're the most educated on the situation. They're using their platform through their music and, and, and their words to bring a message across in the best way they know how. So I can't really fault them. Yeah. I can't really fault. I can't really fault Cole for saying, "Dang, I'm trying," but like the way you're presenting it, I'm not really rocking with. I'm not saying he's not saying that. Oh, you're not doing the right thing by educating everybody. He's saying. I may, I may, I may comprehend your stuff better if you say it this way. Or people, people who aren't as intel, aren't as intelligent as me, or as quote unquote woke as you or me, will comprehend it better if you bring it to them this way. Not saying you have to. It's just a suggestion, man. Exactly. Everybody trying to outwoke each other on Twitter, bro. And I think a lot of times, like so, like people like J Cole and Kendrick, that's why you see them a lot of times stay quiet, not stay quiet, but not really be on Twitter and be active like that because of shit like this. They don't like I'm trying to put this message out. Y'all taking it. The way I'm trying to express what I'm saying, the whole wrong way. This is why I don't be out here. This is why I flew in Mike Brown out without without telling nobody I was doing it. This is why, because y'all gonna take it and make what y'all want to make out of it anyway. That's that's the and diving away from J Cole for a second. I'm plugging him. That's why when Wale dropped his his EP the other day, right? It was perfect 
the problem with J. Cole, and I think from my perspective, he just had bad timing with everything that he did, right? And I think he packaged everything wrong. Uh, before you keep going, uh-huh. I'm going to say, because I was in the shop the other day, and they said this. They said if J. Cole would have dropped that in the EP like, like that, Wale did, people would not be... T- but he dropped it as a single by itself, solo, yeah. so people was focused on it. And he hadn't dropped music in a long time. So it was yeah. like yeah. everybody's attention was on that joint. Yeah. When it wasn't what they wanted to hear, yeah. they're going to decipher and chop it up any which way. And it's like... Because they he uses his music. He he speaks in his music. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's his and voice. And it's like, yeah, and using the two... Using Wale, for example, Wale is a complete opposite of J. Cole. Wale's always on Twitter. Wale's always saying something. Mm-hmm. Wale, because Wale's image is built. He's a street, he's a streetwear guy. So he yeah. part of his brand is his image. Mm-hmm. So when he's out there, he's saying stuff, it gets misconstrued. How he's saying gets misconstrued, right? But it's like the one time, right? Wale didn't say nothing. Wale didn't say nothing. He just went out to go protest. Granted, somebody tweeted at him. He corrected it, whatever. He didn't say nothing. He went out, protested, dropped the EP. Everybody said it. Yo, this EP is fired. This, 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 and this. And it's like, and that's the thing. It's all about. It goes back to what we're saying on the internet. It's about branding and packaging and just group think. Like you have to, you have to move at a certain time. You have to know how to move and how to package what you're trying to say. That's why, like, group think is hard. Because when you know how to package stuff on Twitter and you can say the right thing, you can you can send the worst message out and everybody will believe it. What do you, What do you think about cancel culture then? Cancel culture doesn't exist. Explain. Cancel culture is not really cancel culture because, like, people. Because my thing is with canceling people, you can't really cancel anybody because, like, what's going to happen is we'll look at Chris Brown. Chris Brown had a platinum single last year or the year before that, and mind you, everybody was been supposed to cancel him in eighth grade when we was in eighth grade. Yeah. What happened with um Karuchi? He's still here. He dropped the music. Rihanna. Exact, Rihanna. Same exact thing. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like, and this is part of the problem with celebrity culture, is that cancel culture only cancel culture only works with certain people and certain celebrities if we don't have any emotional like attachment to you. Girls love Chris Brown. He makes a lot of love songs. People are hella attached to his music. You know what I'm saying? And they can't cancel him because he can just drop a song and make it, it takes them back to a time and they feel and they feel good. It's the same thing with Drake. Drake Drake drops music, but his music is not really about the music sometimes. It's about the moment and when he's dropping it. It makes you it puts you in a place. So like even if the situation with the blackface with Pusha T, he made some BS post and put it on his Instagram story and called it a day. And since then no one has said anything. You know what I mean? So it's like for me, cancel culture isn't really a thing to people that you have an emotional attachment to. You know what I'm saying? Because like they canceled Daniel Caesar, but Daniel Caesar's not an attractive man. His branding is bad. Like, there's a lot of different things that you have to look at. Like, really look at it. They canceled Daniel Caesar because he was like, you can't cancel me. You can't cancel me. But you was out here. Don't 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 take this the wrong way on people who are interracial relations, whatever. But you were out here with a white woman, yes, Jules, and you was out here saying all that nonsense, and I think people are not going to mess with you. You're like, yeah, you have, like, a very, very classic song, very classic album. That doesn't mean that people are not going to not mess with you. With branding as, like, a celebrity, you have to have an image. You have to You have to look somewhat attractive. And all these different things, and you won't get canceled. It's simple, and that's why it's not really like a situation of like cancel culture. Is just do you think it's just something in our community though, like where people are so quick to so quick to point the finger when something goes crazy? No, because they did it to Johnny Depp. They canceled Johnny Depp. You when they can't. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. No, I'm, I'm asking. With you with, no, with pirate with um Johnny Depp. I forgot. Um, I forgot that girl's name. Um, 
he was married to some girl. He was in a very, very emotional, oh, abusive relationship. You're talking about the woman that was beating the hell out of him. Yeah. yeah okay, okay. She was going out. I forgot her name. This is this is bad, but it's whatever. I'm not even going. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. She she basically was in. A, he was in an abusive relationship. She cut his finger, burned him with cigarettes, all this stuff. Black right? as eyes. She yeah. was beating the shit out of him. And like she went out and was like, "Yo, Johnny Depp is abusing me. He's an abuser." This down the third, and she's like a lead activist for like women's rights. Mm-hmm. So he got canceled. They canceled the new parts of the Caribbean movie. He lost his job as Jack Sparrow. So that's why they canceled everything. And he lost everything for like a good two, three years. Yeah. Until until an audio came out because she was in the Aqua. He was in the, she was in the Aquaman movie. Until an audio came out of how she was acting. And at that point, everyone tried to cancel her, but it was just like a, eh. Yeah, like, do we really eh. want to? Because then a- after that came out, like, then, like, you know, when, when that comes up, people start digging. And people yeah. on Twitter, man, they're, like, experts. And it came out with, like, all the pictures of, like, him coming out the house with bruises and black eyes yeah, and now, stuff like that. Now the image wants to come out. And I'm like, so where was this before? You right. feel me? And it's like, you could, you're only going to cancel people that you truly want to cancel. When it comes to... And I say this all the time. The internet is a is a woman's playground. Like with women, you can't play with women on the internet. You can't like unless you really that big of a star, you can't do nothing on the internet. You can't cancel Kim Kardashian. You can't you can't cancel Taylor Swift. Well, nah, they got too much clout. That's what I'm saying. You can't cancel them. Yeah, they'll never be canceled. Cancel Their You're, following is too big. Kanye, as big as he is, Kanye can get canceled at any moment. The moment Kim can say, "Oh, I'm getting a divorce with Kanye." Kanye all she has to say is she has to allude that he was abusive. It's over for him. You take like oh yeah, it'll be over. It would be over. Smallest, just the small, just the smallest of leeway. They're gonna run with it. As a guy, you have to watch yourself on Twitter, and that's not to say that girls don't do anything, but it is a woman's playground. Men are more likely to go get canceled if you're not that attractive. You don't provide a good product. You don't have a good image on the internet compared to women, and that's just really what it is. And that's why I don't think cancel culture exists. Uh. Okay, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I, I I think it goes both ways, especially with all things that you just listed out as far as attractiveness and that goes. I think for a woman too, but I I understand what you're saying, but I think it, it goes both ways. Has there any has there been any women that's canceled outside of? I mean, but I mean, but I but I think I wouldn't say necessarily canceled, but I think I think there are a lot of people that will will come at women the same way they come at men for for the same things. Maybe not quote unquote canceled, yeah, but okay, you'll see it. You know what I mean? But my thing is, I don't know. Kind of like how Toby said, I feel like when it comes to that scenario, their stuff kind of gets brushed. They'll, they'll be spotlighted for a couple of days, but it'll just get brushed over and they'll be back to the thing. Like, even just the Yes Drew situation. Yeah, people was gunning her about this, whatever she said, being on her podcast, well, Mook, yeah. whatever, Murder Mook, whatever. Yeah. But people still giving her business. People, st- I, I look at her IG page and people still showing love. The same people that, that was maybe talking down on her before about being a culture vulture is still... At her events, artists still going. You feel me? So, but like, like you said, if it was roles reverse or something like that, people are done, done. Like people are done. But I don't know. But let's get a segue until we get into the rest of our topics. Going to the face of the future song of the day. It's from Kiana Lede. Um, it's called Dear Mr. President. It's a, it's a, it's a song that touches on what's going on in, in America at the time, and it's a very, it's a very good song. I, I like it a lot. So, once again, it's Dear Mr. President from Kiana Lede. Thank you. 
Protesters and mourners gathered in large numbers all across the United States. Demanding justice after the death of George Floyd. Coast to coast, really, we are seeing some of the largest demonstrations we've seen yet against racial injustice and police brutality. Dear Mr. President, come take a walk with me. Let's pretend we're just two people and you're no better than me. I'd like to ask you some questions if we could speak honestly. What do you feel when you see all the homeless on the streets? Who do you pray for at night before you go to sleep? What do you feel when you look in the mirror? Are you proud? How do you sleep while the rest of us cry? How do you dream when a mother has no chance to say goodbye? How do you walk with your head held Protests at times mm -hmm. violent have broken out across the country. Officers beating protesters, hitting them with batons, throwing people to the ground, striking again people who appear to be unarmed. Dear Mr. President, are you a lonely boy? Are you a spoiled boy? How can you say that no child is left behind? We're not dumb and we're not blind You sent our parents to different places Then left them sitting in your cages What kind of father would take his own daughter's rights away? What kind of man thinks a marriage isn't right if you are gay? I can only imagine what the first lady has to say Does she only talk when she copies it all? How do you sleep while the rest of us cry? How do you dream when a mother has no chance to say goodbye? Tell you about it.
mattered. We have always been important. Enough! It's enough! Yes! I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that your lives matter. And so I hope that you also feel hopeful, even as you may feel angry. Dear Mr. President, you never take a walk with me. Dear Mr. President, check it out. Just dropped within like the last week or two. That was the Face of the Future song of the day. And just just to finish off what we were talking about before, um, the thing I said in in a conversation with with a friend was that about the J. Cole situation was that I feel as though if Cole didn't allude to no name situation, maybe alluded to somebody else, if it was a man, I feel like this conversation would never be brought up. How do y'all feel about that? Um, cause I feel like there's a lot of people that think they're woke, super, super woke, and they'll talk down to you because you don't know as much as them. And it's not just, it's not, and I don't think it's gender specific. I think it's both sides. Cause I've, like I said, I, I look at Twitter all the time, look at different social media and people literally hound people for not knowing, like, why don't you know this? You should know this. Or you're not black enough. Or you're not this or whatever it may be. And it's something that happens all the time, bro. And it's like, why, why is it, why is it a fight over who's, who's more woke than the other person? Like, I don't understand that. I'm going to quote Malcolm X because everybody has been loving to quote Malcolm X. Malcolm X said, we need more light about each other. Light creates understanding. Understanding creates love. Love creates patience. And patience creates unity, right? At the same time, um, he also said, don't be in such a hurry to condemn a person because he doesn't do or think as you think. There was a time when you didn't know what you know today. Go <laughs> Real quick, that really just goes back to what I said in the first part of the show where... Just because you have a different opinion, so what? Let's have a conversation. Don't just throw me in the trash just because I, I got a, I got a different opinion. Maybe I need a little bit more education on what you're talking about, and maybe my opinion will change. Don't just trash me or say there go another one of them niggas just because me and you aren't on the same page. I might not know what you know. You might need to tell me for me to realize the shit. And that's and that's the thing, like. I think that when we all grew up, like, we all grew up, we went to high school with white people. We didn't know some of the microaggressions that were low-key racist. We didn't we didn't think about that. We were mad young. It's the same thing for everybody else. You know what I mean? So it's like at a certain point, you're going to realize like, yo, them saying, hey, I like you for a black guy or you're not like one of them. Like, you're going to look at that. And or when like, they tell girls you're pretty for a black girl. Yeah, like people don't think or about that. The no, the one that I, that I drives me crazy the most is. You 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 act very white for for a black guy. Talk, that shit drives white, me crazy. Bro. Hold on, real quick, bro. Real quick. <laughs> to me, honestly, bro. Oh my goodness, that's one of the most disrespectful. I don't even know the word that I want to use for that. But whenever someone has said to me, that is absolutely disgusts me, and I you instantly get checked for that. Instantly, right? I had a white guy that I met for, for the first time a couple of years ago. Cool guy. Said to me, you you know, you had a white for a black guy. So I'm like, so pretty much what, you, what you're telling me right now is that I don't fit your description of what a black man is supposed to act like. Exactly. So because I was raised by a family that taught me to have home training, how to act out in public, how to be respectful, exactly. not wear my pants off my ass and all that shit. So because... That's how I am. I'm acting more whiter than black. 
Exactly. Because you're, and you're, I think that's that's weak. That's so weak. That's such a that's such a weak mindset, bro. And and that's that's the stereotyping right there, bro. No, that's the stereotyping right there. That pisses me off like to no end, bro. That, because like it's like all right, so. I gotta act ratchet in order for you to think that I'm that I'm black enough. I gotta wear I gotta wear triple XL white tees. Come with, on, with man. Some J's. Like, come on now. Like, come on, stop it. You sound stupid right now. I've never been I've never been a fan of wearing baggy clothes. I always just wear I used to wear skinny jeans, the tight the tight tight joints, the Fallout Boy joints, and since middle school. Oh wow, you you dress you dress white for you know you dress white you know you do this this and but it's like I dress white because I wear skinny jeans and I wear button up shirts. I wear polos. Over basketball jerseys, so I'm like, okay. I mean, if that's how you think a black person is supposed to act, and that's where we come from, it's like you have all these different stereotypes. And when you grow up, it's like, dang, I never knew that like this was a problem until now, and that's the biggest problem with people. Yeah, like don't talk down on somebody because they don't know. You're not going to talk down a little kid who don't know what racism is. And 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 that's what they be thinking, right? And it's like soon as as soon as one of us gets mad and we start turning up, right? And we start, you can feel it in our voice. Our mm-hmm. voice, our tone changes. Now it's, oh, there's a black in you, right? But here's the thing. Everybody has that in them, bro. Exactly. Everybody has that in them. Just because I'm black, that's not the black in me coming out. That's just to me. If I say something to you that's, that's fucked up, you're going you gonna to start to raise your voice and be the same way. If you say that to a white person, you, we don't, like, when a white person turns up, we don't say, oh, it's the terrorist in you coming out. Right. It's the Donald Trump in you coming out. It's, it's, <laughs> like, nobody, nobody says that. So it's like, I just don't get it. It's, oh, it's, man. What it is, is just closed-minded, bro. And it, and it shows, one thing it shows is how a lot of people were raised. And then secondly, it shows how we are perceived because, Looking at where we grew up, ain't nobody ain't, ain't nobody hood around here, bro. No. At, le- at least not now. At, le- at least none of us kids. Maybe our parents are because that's where they came from, yeah. right? But as far as us, we're suburban kids for the most part, bro. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So th- th- there's no thug in anybody around here. And if and if they are trying to act that way, they're faking it, yeah. and it's not real. So. And to speak on that, and, and the people, like the friends that we do have that maybe came from a rough environment that moved over, they'll tell you all the time, like, why are you trying to act like that? Like, if you exactly. lived, if you came from that place, you wouldn't want right. to act like you're from there. I've heard that so many times from, from friends that I have that, that say, like, the, she, he pretending, she pretending, like, because if you come from that real environment, that's a place you want to get out of, not yes. not be in, yes. not, not have exactly. attention towards, you know what I'm saying? But... Like and what? so it's like that whole connotation of oh, you talk white. It's like what? What is talking white? What is it? What is it? Because I know a bunch. I know a bunch of people that are, they don't. They're not as educated as me. Right. And, and so I know other people in a bunch of different. They're not as educated as me. They don't talk as 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 articulate as I do. Exactly. So it's like, but that's offensive. That's du- that's dummy offensive. Like that's the word I was looking for. Offensive. It's extremely offensive. How are you gonna sit there and say it to me with a smile on your face, bro? Oh my gosh, you like the rest of them. Like you gonna say to me with a smile on your face and expect me not to get offended? So now I'm offended and now you're looking at me sideways because you just said some fucked up shit to me. Exactly. It don't make no sense. <sighs> yeah, bro. I, we can go on. We can go on about that. We can go on about that. Um, before we switch topics even more, I just want to talk about the Breonna Taylor situation and the sense of urgency I guess our community feels about cases about black women towards. As opposed to like the black men, how the black how black men's cases are kind of like people are getting held accountable for their crimes, at least getting charged. But like when it comes to scenarios like Breonna Taylor, 
it's kind of getting overlooked when Breonna Taylor's case should be cut and dry based on the, the facts that we know. How do you feel? How do y'all feel about that? This sounds really, really dumb what I'm about to say, but Issa Rae is a genius. And why I say this is that's because... Not, that's true. No, 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 she no, is. no, no, wait. <sighs> Think about it, right? Throughout the whole of season four, there was a mini-series called Where's LaToya about a black woman who was missing right now. Any one of us know what's going on about that? Nah. I, I, that, I, I personally, that's, I personally, the, that's the the that, TV show. Is that the one that um, Molly's acting in? Yeah. So that's, what, that's her show that she it just came out recently, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that there's insecure. But what she did this season, there's an emphasis on there was a there was a black girl randomly in the fictional show, and the girl is missing. Her name is Latoya. And throughout the show, they would be watching the news about stuff that would happen, stories about her life, and they not really placing much emphasis on the story. Or smart, so, yeah, yeah. So it's like the point is, and why I said that, and why I say Issa Rae is a genius, is because it's bringing attention to situations like Breonna Taylor. And it's like, in a lot of cases, this is where black women, where I agree with you 100%, is that they don't care unless it's like something serious happens or, you know, they're on TV um, acting a certain way or oh, I'm I'm independent. I don't need no man. I don't need this. I don't need this. And it's like that's the only time you care. But for the most part, outside of a black woman performing in media, do you actually care about her life and what she has to offer? The, that's because the, the, honest, the thing that, that, that it rubbed me so wrong, bro, is when they Breonna Taylor's mom, she was sitting with the police officer, the detective order maybe. And they were talking about how they had a search warrant for the crib. Yeah. And she said, can you bring me the signed search no, no, warrant? No, not a search warrant's I, gone. I, I don't And the, the detective, whatever, said, I don't, we don't know where it's at. We can't locate. How do you not look, know how to locate no, a search no, warrant? No, no, you no, know no, where it's at, bro. You know where it's at. There ain't one. No, no, there is no. No, 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 no. That's not even it. Like. They have it. They're just trying to, they're trying to find the best way to move Oh, and, that and then how about, how about when they That's ask her, when they ask her, oh, do you know anybody that would want to harm your daughter or your boy or her boyfriend? Yeah, the police. Right. They like, came in and gun- they came in and gunned them down. Yeah. And then put or gunned her down. I meant. And then put him in jail. Yeah. As a suspect. I'm like, how? So you got yeah, a search bro, warrant. They arrested him. You got, you got a, search a search warrant. warrant killed her and then throw her boyfriend in jail, Because he's a suspect in killing her as they were sleeping together. Bro. Make it make sense, bro. bro. Make it make sense. Mental illness. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> they broke into the crib, right? Her man starts shooting back because he thinks somebody's breaking into their crib, and they and they shoot her up. I would have shot. I would have shot back too. What what what? I mean, what I saw on Twitter yesterday is that where's she from? She is from. So is it is it is it Louisville? It's not yeah, Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, right? I saw on Twitter yesterday that they closed down the courthouse, they sent everybody home, and they boarded it up because the decision regarding her case is coming soon. So. If you read in between the lines, read the room, as they say. Oh, yeah. Who, if, if, if what they're doing as far as boarding up the courthouse, sending everybody home, that's foreshadowing of, of what's coming yeah, for the future. Happen, yeah. Hopefully, praying to God that what they're pre- prepping for that we all know isn't going to happen. But if it does happen... It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. And to people, this I'll be doing my, I wouldn't be doing justice if I didn't do this. If you guys also want to find other ways of finding ways to make things happen in Louisville, if you're not in Louisville, um, I don't know his name, but I would look up the assemblyman or assemblywomen and the senator for Louisville. I would contact them, email them, tweet them, 
send letters, do all of that. So that's how you know that you're also doing your due justice to make sure that Breonna Taylor gets her justice. Because we can't, obviously, we can't do anything. Obviously, we protest. We can do all those things. But at the same time, if you draw attention to that, coming from someone who's worked in in state in the state office, they will get research done. They will find out the answers, and they can find out the answers. And I can put money on that. Apply pressure. Like apply hella pressure to the state, because they're if you apply pressure to that to that town and that assemblyman, they're gonna do what they have to do. So I have to get it done, and. and- just speaking on that and getting justice and all that type of thing, how how was y'all Juneteenth like? Cause where I'm from, cause you know I'm I was born in Kansas, like so Wichita, Kansas, all that stuff. That's they celebrate Juneteenth. There's like a big parade out there all the yeah. time. But like, but this is kind of like, I guess the first like year that people kind of celebrated it on a national scale. Mm-hmm. People really took pride in it. You feel me? It was something people did here and there, small groups, small pockets. Like yeah. took took awareness to it. They did their own little thing, but like on a national scale where everybody across the nation was like, yeah, this is our independence type day. Like, what did, y- what did y'all do like on, on Juneteenth? Was it was something that was an emphasis for you to celebrate or it was another day for you? What was it? Well, go ahead, Tope. No, I was going to say, I was going to say like, you know, it was chill. Um, I just hung out. I just hung out with my girl, all her family. Um, we went out to like a little parade festival that they had down in Delaware. Um, and that was really just about. Oh, that's love. Where was that? Wilmington? No. Where was it at? Oh, oh down Dover. like DSU? Yeah, that was by Dover. Okay, so yeah. down DSU. Yeah, okay. they had like a basketball tournament. They had gotcha. like vendors out there. Okay. It was pretty chill. Like, I know um, we almost made a very, very unwise decision to go to um, Jersey City because they were having a, a super big Juneteenth picnic over there. Mm. But we were worried about COVID, so we were like, yeah, nah. And no it was doubt. a two-and-a-half-hour drive, so I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, so yesterday, I mean, we just linked the guys. Um, we had already decided like a week or two weeks ago that we were going to get together on that day. And um, we got food, soul food from Warm Daddy's, black-owned business. Yo, Warm Daddy's is so, so and we, And we sat around and we talked for a couple hours and, and we had great conversation. I mean, we talked a lot about things in, in our own community, really just getting engaged on how everybody feels. And it was awesome. It was awesome, man. We had a great time and... You, you you need those times. We always, you need those times with your friends to kind of just release. Like I was talking to my girl on the way home. I was like, man, I, I feel so much better just from being around my guys and being able to just, just vent and talk. You know what I'm saying? Good vibes. You you need those good vibes. And I think next year, it'll be a national holiday. I think my next year, Juneteenth will be a national holiday. I agree. I agree. And on top of that, yeah, just, just echoing what you said. Being around your people. Now I'm talking. I'm not talking about. Yeah, you can have conversations in your group chats and all that stuff. But I'm saying being in the presence of your people that that aren't like maybe your significant other in your relationship, yeah. but your but your closest confidants. You feel me? That you tell your business to. That you um, look for ideas, bounce ideas off of. It's good to actually be in their presence and have that conversation. Yeah. Like you like you said, we were talking earlier about therapy. That's a sense of therapy to me. Yeah. When you're able to talk to your closest friends about maybe your goals, your dreams, or just how you're thinking in this situation and maybe have a conversation with like-minded people to yeah. to see how they're feeling in, in a time like this or just in general. Because I, and, and I... And I, sh- I can't stress that enough to people that listen to this podcast that do that with your friends. Yeah. Like, even if it's just once a month, have have conversation link up with your yeah link up with link up with your friends and have those conversations. It doesn't have to be a crazy turn up. You could be chilling at your friend's crib with some drinks, maybe food, and just having conversation and dialogue that that makes you think about certain stuff. And also like being around your closest holds you accountable for stuff because you know your closest people are gonna hold you. If you're really your friend, 
they're gonna hold you accountable. Like, oh, so how's how's your situation here doing? How's your situation there doing? Like, are, did you do this? Like you said you're gonna do. If you didn't, bro, you need to get on top of that. It's like having those type of conversations kind of elevates your mindset and elevates your growth and allows you to um, exceed at levels that you're in the heights that you're trying to reach. Right. And that's very important. Yeah. That's very very important. Yeah, it is. I mean, like like you said, hold, holding each other accountable because I've been telling you I've been trying to lose weight. So, like, if I would have showed up yesterday and looked like I ain't lost anything, I would expect somebody to say, what is you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, how's your how's your process of your weight loss going? You know what I mean? He's like, I see you getting some getting some cuts in your arms. Like, yeah, I'm trying. You know, I lost damn near 30 pounds. Oh, damn, that's what's up. You know, that, I'm trying. And, like, when you, like Mill said, having that talk in your group chat is fine. But you want to sit around a table, and I want to be able to look my friends in their eyes. I want to be able to yeah. talk. Everybody's looking at me, and I'm looking around the room so that y'all can hear what I'm saying, but also feel my energy of what I'm saying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that holding that uh, the the accountability part of that of a friendship, I think, is huge. And if your friends don't hold you accountable for for good and bad things you do, they're not your real friends. That's a fact. They're not your real friends. If, if I was doing something dumb and Mills wouldn't wouldn't check me for it, then that would tell me that either I'm doing something wrong, maybe he's like seeing me fuck up, and he's like, this nigga Shannon don't get it, so I'm not even going to keep telling him no more. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, so and it's all coming from a place of love at the end of the day, so he told me accountable. I can't get mad at him. Facts. I got to take it on and tell him, like, damn, you know what, that's, that's my man, and he only wants what's best for me. So I got to take it, and I got to listen to it, and I got to hear it. That's facts. Yeah, bro, um... It was just good to link with the guys, you know what I'm saying? I wish we could do, like, bigger things at times, but, you know, with COVID, it's, it's kind of, like, slowing down. Well, I mean, it's not slowing down. I mean, in terms of, I'm ter- in terms of it's slowing down say, our yeah. ability to do the things that we really want to do. But speaking of COVID, sports. We're going to get into sports a little bit uh, and, and, and what the NBA has been talking about. Uh, I know y'all seen what Kyrie uh, and the, the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's about to get, it's, 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 get my I, I know you're about to get bro. your bad. The, Cause you know we've been seeing the talks, people people calling Kendrick Perkins a sellout, people saying Kyrie doing too much for attention. They saying LeBron just wants to come back to win his chip. How do y'all? Let's talk. Let's discuss. Talk, talk about y'all feelings of what y'all been seeing and, and, and your thoughts on just everything that's going on. I'll let y'all have the floor, man. Go ahead, go ahead, Tob. Kyrie is a little girl, <laughs> son. <laughs> Yo, I hate Kyrie so much, son. And I I've been speculating this since. Since um since Kyrie got traded, but Kyrie he's a Kyrie, flat earther. Yeah, he's a flat earther. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and he don't like LeBron. Yeah, he don't. I'll keep. I'm gonna be a hundred percent. He does not like the. Why fact, do you think that? I don't. I don't. I think that Kyrie does not like the fact that LeBron just came back into Cleveland and just moved shit around. I was like, this is my team, and this is how we're gonna do it. He hates his clout. Yeah, he doesn't like his clout. Granted, he knew that you know LeBron. LeBron's good or whatever, but Kyrie because he was the number one overall pick. Like, he thought that he was doing something with his team. But it's like, you barely made the play. I don't even think he made the playoffs. Like, no, nah, they was averaging like yeah. 25 wins a year when Kyrie was in Cleveland. So it's like, my thing is that you can't, it's the same It's the same problem with James Harden. It's like, you can't just win with just an ISO scorer, you feel me? And it's like, with Kyrie, Kyrie's really more so just an ISO player. And granted, he's good, but he's the type of person, if you want to win, every team that has won has a nice wing player. Every team. Uh, all right, hold on. Hold on. I didn't say. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Real quick. Um, ISO player. Yes, he is definitely. But I mean, LeBron doesn't have a ring in Cleveland without Kyrie. 
hitting well, that shot, facts, bro. That's facts. Champ- championship. I mean, if you go and watch those last three minutes of that game, you see LeBron every time he gets the ball waving Kyrie over to come take the rock. Literally, bro. Literally. So I hear what you're saying, but I mean, Kyrie. Kyrie's one one of the one of the best players in the league right now. Oh, yeah, you can't take that away from him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't like the fact that he said we should start our own league. You know, I think he's going. Why not? Why? Why would? I oh, where, I, I I see it, but I don't think that he can. He can start that up, but we'll be able to compete with the NBA. No, nah, of course he wouldn't be. I feel like though, because obviously we don't know the context of the old the conversation. Yeah. What's been saying in the group chats, the zooms, and all that stuff. But the thought process, I I can't say I disagree with it. All right, let me hear it. I can't say you take you take LeBron James, you take Kyrie Irving, you take Kawhi Leonard, you take Paul George, you take Anthony Davis, you take all the top tier players. We not playing the league no more, y'all. Y'all not care about our safety. Let's move. Let's start our own joint. ABA again or something. It'll take a long. Time. It'll take. Granted, it'll take a long time. But who do people come to watch? Ron, Ron, Kyrie. They come to watch the stars. So if the stars aren't there, what happens to ticket sales? They got to get on board. I don't think everybody's gonna get on board with that. I'm not. Say, I'm saying hypothetical. We're, t- we're speaking about hypothetical. You think if the stars don't play in the league, it'll suffer. The league will suffer. That's my point. So Kyrie. Hypothetically, is right in what he's saying, but if you don't have my thing is my thing with ideas, don't bring them up if you don't have a set plan to execute it. Always does this, bro. That's Kyrie's. That's my thing. Problem with Kyrie. You can have an idea, but you need a plan to back it up. Kyrie. You can. Everybody can talk. Everybody can talk about. We talk about this on the pod all the time. And if like if star players in the league didn't sat out and help Colin Kaepernick, they you feel me? The yeah. league would have took a hit, but it's like, what does he mean by the, the league doesn't care about us though? He's saying what he's trying to say. And- I get what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that they don't care because they're trying to lock them in a bubble. And it looks for him, it looks weird that you're locking in a bunch of black men in a in a bubble just to play sports. With the with the tracking device on with you. With tracking devices on you. Oh yeah. I, with, don't, like with, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. But at the same time, look weird. Okay, okay. I, I get it. In the in the grand scheme of things, what does that look like to you? You're locked you're locked in an area with a tracking device on. What does that look like to you? That's like prison. Right, it's like jail. No, 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 no. no. Like, like slavery, like slavery, like slavery. But at the same time, I understand it. I agree with that 100%. NBA is a business, though, bro. They're going to try to make their bread. Yeah. It's a business, bro. They And they got to make money. So they're going to do whatever they see fit to make money. And like they said, if you ain't on board with it, don't come. That's your choice. You you won't, you won't be penalized for it, but you ain't going to get paid. Yeah, nah. That's, and I agree with that, but my... My number one thing about it, and this is why I hate Kyrie, is that Kyrie, I, I hate Kyrie now because it's like, my thing about Kyrie is that Kyrie wants to be a leader and he wants to do all these things. He just want to be different. But my thing is that if Kyrie was able to play, his team was a top five seed in the East. Do you really think, even Kyrie being the vice president of national, um, of the NBA Players Association, do you really think that he would be moving like this if they were top five? And that's my problem. That's the biggest problem to me. So, I mean, I feel like what you're saying is it feels kind of forced. Like it's yeah, yeah like it's kind of fake woke kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's doing I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's doing it because of LeBron. Like LeBron cuz everybody like Patrick Bev said, like granted he was kind of joking. He was No, like, no, he was dead ass and he was dead ass right. He yeah. said he said, "Listen, if LeBron's playing, we all playing." That's and that's facts. And not only that, but I was talking to them about this last night. Right? You think you talk about the bubble. Again, the bubble. You talk about the NBA starting Mac again, right? How many players Eighth, ninth player on the bench needs that check. Exactly. Right? So I said to them, right, you you got a wife, three kids at home, two two or three kids at home, right? You don't think your wife is going to tell you, 
go ahead and go away for a month and a half because you're not going to be able to see another $8 million again. Exactly. Go ahead and go make that money, right? I think most guys are going to be like, I got to go do what I got to do for my family. Yeah. Even if it means putting myself at risk, whatever whatever happens to me, my family's going to be taken care of. That's that's the problem with the whole COVID thing. I'm not even going to talk about it. Like, it's a capitalism problem, but it's that's been the problem with everything. And like I, that's why I said I get where Kyrie's coming from. Like, Kyrie makes sense. But because I know, like, I'm not saying I know him, but because of his antics in the media beforehand, he's not doing this because he really, really feels like this. He's doing this because he don't want LeBron to get the shine. And he, well, he also said that, like, a lot of the, he said it's going to take away from the whole movement that's going on right now, which I don't agree with because I'm like, bruh. Y'all, that, that'll be another platform for y'all to get your point across. And you know the NBA is a player's league. And if LeBron, LeBron, right, again, will go to Adam Silver and say, listen, we want to do something where we're, we're all speaking out on on during the, the broadcasting of the games. We, we want to do something, right, maybe at some sort of protest or whatever the case may be. Adam Silver's going to be like, of course you can. And it's not even just that. And that's right? going to make everything even even bigger. And it's not even just that. It's like Kyrie saying all this, and Chris Paul's the president of the Players Association. You get what I'm saying? It's like you're doing all this, and he's saying all this. It was like, where has Chris, what has Chris Paul said? You know what I mean? Right. And I know Chris Paul is talking to Braun. And that's why I said, like, he's saying all this, and it's like, you're right, but it's like, why are you trying to force it so much? Because you and KD not playing? Like, yeah. you and KD don't got a shot? Like, and that's the that's how it looks. I feel like there's probably a little animosity, a little envy. I mean, even if it's not, it looks that way. A little? A little? I mean, little. it looks that way. It's a lot. You it's, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Bro. Yo, people, when he... Go, go, I mean, go back to Kyrie forcing his way out of Cleveland. Because of LeBron. He didn't like, he didn't like the fact that, Le, that, that when Kyrie was there and he was the best player on the team when it was ass... No matter what he said, he couldn't get them to do what he wanted them to do as far as bringing in players. Here comes LeBron. All of a sudden, the whole roster changes, and it's all the guys that LeBron wants. You've been there in Cleveland, in Cleveland of all places, four or five years, suffering, taking loss after loss, injuries. Then here comes this guy, and he gets whoever he wants to come in. Of course there's animosity there. But the thing is, though, but the thing is, though, Kyrie can't really – Kyrie don't have the leverage LeBron has. He Bron, doesn't have the leverage. LeBron left – when Bron left – um, what's his name? I forgot. What's the oh, you know how much – first, 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 first of all, you know how much bread Cleveland lost LeBron? How much that's their stock went down? That's as, what I'm saying. As, as a city, they suffered as a city. Le, I remember when LeBron came back to Cleveland and Johnny Manziel got signed to the Browns. They were talking about he brought in like a billion dollars worth of ref. I'm like, yes. just two people alone. Yes, bro. And it's like you're going to compare yourself – to that. To that? Yeah, bro. Like, to that? Like, we yeah. get it. Like, you Jersey, you cool. Like, you know, you got handles. We see it. Cool. Yeah, no doubt. It's Duke. But, like, you came. Put you, they put you in Cleveland. It's like, you didn't put in, like, you didn't put in work, bro. Like. It's, A, it's levels to this, bro. That's what I'm saying. Kyrie, you're good. But LeBron is at that. He's he's a mogul, bro. He's he's an icon. He's a, he's a figurehead, bro. LeBron Kyrie, you, you're one of the best players of our generation. You're not on LeBron's level, bro. And, and honestly, Nobody is. LeBron yeah. LeBron is in the category by himself at the top of the NBA. It's LeBron, then it's your second tier, then it's – LeBron is tier one. That's exactly. it. Exactly. LeBron is tier one. Then everybody else falls in after that. I agree with that. I agree with that 100% about LeBron being tier one because when it comes yeah. to marketing, branding, selling stuff, LeBron is mm-hmm. the face yeah. of the NBA. You see it when he left the Eastern Conference. And, and, and you see it like any time LeBron comes to any city, no matter if the team's bad or good, the game's selling out. 
The game's selling out. So another question I want to pose to you guys, if the NBA is successful with this bubble idea in Orlando, do you think the NFL will adopt it? Real quick, Tobe, I want to ask you this question because mm-hmm. this is what we were talking about yesterday. Um, so Dr. Fauci came out and said the NFL needs to go to a bubble theory like the NBA does, mm-hmm. correct? So, so, so my thought process was... So, so this is this this is just my rough idea that that I thought about initially. This, this is my first response when I first thought about it. I said you could put the AFC in California and Vegas. You could have the NFC in Florida and in in Atlanta because you would have Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami, and the Atlanta because it's right there in yeah, South yeah. Georgia. And out west, you would have you can use Oakland's old stadium. You have the True. new LA stadium. You have San Fran, and then you have Vegas. Right, so you got four stadiums amongst sixteen teams. Yeah, that's not bad. That that, that you could work it out, but Mills was saying that. Well, t- tell me what you think about it. My thing is the two things that I brought up was one, how do you decide which cities get that revenue? Because that's gonna it's a bidding war. That's a big. Yeah. That's gonna be a big. That's gonna be a big thing. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a big thing. And then on top of that, even if you have the three different stadiums, people are still gonna be traveling. On top of that. You have all the workers that aren't players in terms of like trainers and stuff like that who are going to be in and out. Are you going to hold them accountable to be staying in the bubble? Or are they got to go see the family? Are they going to decide to do what? To. You're going to like how are you going to regulate that? Well, well, well the, the the main reason that I said the the um, cities out in California, Vegas, and the cities in Florida is because the NFL is always going to go to wherever the warm weather is. That's yeah. why they have Super Bowls and warm weather climates. So that was the only reason I pitched that idea. It could <laughs> excuse me. It could really be if you want to do this tri-state area. You have you have DC. You have Philly, you have New York, but they're all kind of far from each other, right? And and in Florida and Georgia, they're all kind of within, yeah, you know, that same range. And, and are they really that far though? The think about it, Cali's the whole coast of the Cali West Coast, bro. But, and but, you from San Francisco to LA is like three far, or four y'all. hours. Far, from 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 LA to San Diego is like three hours. Okay, so so, so so you go to so if you're going to New York to Philly to DC, it's the same distance. That's okay, what I'm trying that's to say. Fine then. That's fine. But, but but I'm just saying ha- just just off the fact that the NFL would rather go to the warmer climate areas because when it at least comes to when it gets down to the the fall time and the winter time, you're going to want the better weather. Yeah, I think that. Plus, well, real quick though, with, with with there potentially being a second wave, right? Being in a place like Northeast where it gets cold during the fall time, people get more sick. In the South and the West Coast. Not as much. People get sick, but not at the same rate because it's colder up here. So that's why I said the South and the West Coast. I think uh, that's a damn. Uh, I think that they should. Honestly, I think that to be honest with you, I think all national sports should have a conference about it because I think everybody's moving differently. And the number one problem is that obviously one is revenue. I think that you have to. I think it is going to have to be a bidding war. Depending on like, I guess league wise, because if you're saying if you're trying to determine who's going to get that revenue, it really just all depends on are you guys hosting us? Who's hosting who? And that's just really how I look at it. Whoever's hosting gets the revenue. Unfortunately, it's not fair. Obviously, like they're gonna have they have to have some sort of like compensation. But yeah, but, like, but my no- but my thing is not to cut you off, mm-hmm. even though I'm cutting you off. But my thing with that is, so you have the host states, right? Mm-hmm. Say it's Florida. Mm-hmm. In Cali, just because they're two warm climates, and they have multiple arenas in their in their states, does does the cities that the teams represent get a percentage of what's 
made in that state, or does everything go to Florida since those restaurants and everything's going to be open up? How does that work? I think you would definitely have to split it somehow because already in Cali and all these cities don't have to have state taxes. You got to pay taxes just to play there anyway. You got to pay entertainment tax. So the state's going to get money regardless. They get money regardless of the fact. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, I, I know the owners amongst themselves could work out something where 16 and 16, yeah. everybody's going to get some sort of money. And, and so much from every organization will get money because they're all playing. I think I'm sure they could work that out amongst them. My thing is a trickle down effect because think about like when football season happens, all the restaurants and in, in, in oh, different yeah. places that thrive off of just like Cleveland, bro, or something like that, a state that only has a football team, yeah. like Jacksonville, yeah. they only have like their football team is their money maker. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So they don't get that. I mean, Florida, obviously, that's that's right. still one of the stadiums, but still, just an example, like a city like that. It's like they don't get that revenue anymore. That the restaurants aren't thriving as much. That season's their preseason because. Every Sunday, they know after the game, people are flooding their restaurants. They're flooding the cities. So it's like they'll be able to make some money then. Like you said, if they, if they have a game in Jacksonville, Florida's open right now, right? So you have a game in Jacksonville, you have a game in Tampa. But I don't think that they're letting. I don't think they're going to let fans in, even if they even if they split even if they split it up in like you know the states open. I don't even. If think there's a bubble, fans. no, they won't have fans. Yeah. There's a bubble, they won't have fans. Whatever. Right now. As planned, the NFL is going to have their stadiums with at least 20,000 people in there. I think that's a very stupid idea, and I think Roger Goodell should probably check himself. For well, college stadiums, because they hold more people, are going to have more people than that. Ohio State's going to have 40,000 people at their games. And that is stupid. Like, But at the same time, it all comes down to all this, bro. This whole thing, everything comes down to the bottom line, bro. The bottom line. These leagues, these leagues no matter what, they, they want to... Even even if they make a hundred million dollars, they want it, bro. The league wants yeah. that money. E- e- even if it's a small amount, they want that money. That's you see problem. it right now with baseball and and the NBA. The only reason they have the eight games originally is to get the TV money. That's the only reason they have the eight games and not going straight to the playoffs. That shit matters. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's a lot to think about, bro. It's a lot, it's a lot to think about. But they have to. They have to. The NBA is probably. The league that everybody's watching right now, in terms of, I'll say, American sports, yeah. maybe even on even on a global level, because if they can figure out a way to make what they're doing work, teams are gonna try to adopt what they do, but just make it their own way. You feel me? Yeah. Cause obviously, because the NFL they have way more moving parts than the NBA, because it's, it's a smaller NBA, smaller when it comes to like personnel, that type of thing. But it's gonna. I just don't know. But my thing is, and and Korea, they've been having their league. Going strong for the last almost month now. Granted, they have less people than we do. They their their process of lockdown was way different than ours was. They didn't open back up as quickly as we did, and it's a whole different model. But the only reason I'm I'm giving that example is because a baseball team has about forty guys on it. A football team has about seventy five. That you that you carrying with you. If plus you're not you're, and you're not even including coaches and personnel in that in that seventy five guys. So. What I think is is that if the NFL would would uh, establish the, the bubble theory, they're going to have to push the season back because they don't have enough time to figure out the logistics of everything. That's true. That, so they would have to push it back because the NBA guys are starting to report next week, getting tested next week. Yeah. So they would have to maybe push it back a month or so. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, going back to your point, I think the NBA looks at themselves more like um, more like European soccer rather than like actual. 
like we're just a basketball team because the way that they run things now like i know like they they started like they started up like their junior leagues and stuff like that for under 17 year olds and stuff like that so it's like they run themselves more like european soccer and international soccer so they're pro- like that's probably why they're using the bubble theory because a lot of international teams the premier league they're they're running right. games right now no fans right. you know what i mean right. so and they're using i think they're using fifa fifa crowds to like you know, yeah, yeah. Yo, I, I asked Shannon this. Um, how do you feel about like players being mic'd up so you can hear what they're saying on the court instead? Because you have no fans, and I'd be like the substitute. Now you still like the fan noise, but like, yeah, adding a different element, like saying like that you hear what the players are saying on the court to each other. That would actually be funny as hell. I think that's. Well, I you, think it would be funny as hell, but we all know how vulgar shit gets on the field. They would yeah. never. They can't put that on TV unless it was pay per view. Yeah, they can't put that on TV. Speaking of pay per view though, that that's another way that they can implement to get more bread though for their thing. Oh, you want you want the the live unedited version of the Vogel by pay per view. You can get the full effect. You have like the mainstream was like on ABC or ESPN where it's like you don't hear that. But if you want to get hear what they're saying, I feel like a lot of people will pay for pay per view to to listen to what the people are saying on the court. So if that does happen, now the my bubble theory is it is. is, is because even more prominent because now we're talking taking that other TV money. Now we can really disperse that amongst all the other teams now. That's so now everybody's making that's money. Yeah. Now that's a fact. I'm not, I won't disagree with that at all. Yeah. If they if they somehow some way did a pay per view version, like you have the regular version, the pay per view is kind of how like when music drops, you have the you have the explicit version and the yeah. and, and edited version. If they did that, fifty ahead, that that be yeah. people would pay for that, bro. Because because oh, think about football. people people. People pay for season tickets to go to get. They're not going to the games now, so they have that bread that they'll spend anyway mm-hmm. on beer, or whatever it may be, at the yeah, game. And they're going to they'll spend it on the TV. Let's just have the party here. We listen to what they say. And it's like an XFL was the prime example of hearing what people were saying on the field, yeah. having interviews. Yeah. Yeah. People love that. Yeah. So it's like doing yeah. that. It's like yeah. yeah, but a sideline interview is much different from me and you in the trenches. Yeah, that's facts. You know what I'm saying? Because you know you were in the trenches more than more than me or Toby ever were. You was right there on on the, on the D line in the mix in the front seven. I'm on the outside one on one. It's different yeah. out there. You in the mix. It's ten of y'all in there talking trash to each other. Oh yeah, it's it's a whole being in the trenches is a whole <laughs> yeah, different. No, you no, hear no, people no. say like different crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, like no. people you wouldn't think say stuff like the softest people you'd be yeah. going brazy in there, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> they be going brazy saying they be like football. When I say it's a stressful, people really be saying what's on their mind, especially yeah, in game, bro. Yeah, bro. Not practice, but in game, when you yeah. playing a person you've been scouting this whole in game is ridiculous. But at the same time, <laughs> when it when it comes to that, they definitely have to sign some type of waiver, bro. Yeah. You have to because they have to say like my thoughts or whatever don't represent the team that I play for. There's a whole it's a whole different legalities that come to because you say people say some outlandish stuff and and if, if, yeah. if fans got to experience to hear what they say, they'd be like, dang, yeah, they'd be yeah. like, whoa, yeah, that's- and they'll bring it to go ahead, go ahead. they'll bring it to a whole different level. I think that would elevate and take the, people would. Tune into that because people at the end of the day, people like that type of stuff. No matter what you, people like the crazy stuff. Yeah, but is it too vulgar for the NFL to want to air that on TV? And is is that going to put their league in a negative light? Because people are going to hear some shit that they never thought they would hear from their favorite players, like a player like Tom Brady or Philip Rivers. Those guys talk a lot of trash, bro. Peyton Manning, they talk a lot of trash. If you want me to be honest, I I think I just thought about. It. I don't think it's a good idea just because of the fact of there's a lot of racists in the NFL. No, a that's lot a of fact. Are racist. Imagine you, imagine, imagine you, you a black man, you paying fifty dollars, you know, to listen to the Eagles play. Next thing you know, you hear you hear a defense a defensive lineman or, or a white offensive lineman calling somebody nigger. Well, if that, that happens, the times I've seen that happen on the field. 
fights have broken out straight up. That's fast. Straight up. That's you know, fast. somebody drops the N word on the field. White guy drops the N word to a black guy on the field. Sorry, bro. We're fighting. I don't helmet, fast. helmet on everything. You getting punched in the helmet with a with a closed fist don't even matter. But I want I want to tell y'all this though, like. As much as people are racist in the league or in, in football in general, motherfuckers aren't as bold as y'all think they are. Like even not. even in the trenches. People no, aren't as pe- people aren't as bold as you think they are. Like, cause if say someone does call someone an N-word, that not just the person that got called the N-word, the rest of the team Boy, gonna be right. Like it's yeah. people aren't as bold, bro. And people like people trash talk, they'll say F you, whatever it may be, like you trash, your mama's this, your mama that, whatever it may be, but you probably have a few people that'll say some crazy stuff like that, but I don't think that type of stuff would be said as much as you think it would. That's true. And like y'all, y'all played in sports. Y'all played in multiple sports. Mm-hmm. People, that energy in person is not the same as the uh, energy yeah, behind right. closed yeah. doors. And it's, yeah, I mean, and, and like people will try and push the envelope with you on the field, right? And we yeah. know that, right? Because there's been times where I, I went to one of my left tackles and I said, "Yo, Trev." This dude said such and such, you know, go handle that for me next play. And it gets done. You know what I'm saying? People are hearing shit like that on the field. I don't know how people are going to react to that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. You know. You talk a lot of trash from the field, Mills. All the stuff you said, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I done had people come out and send, try to send hits for me because I'll be coming coming crazy. Say something like, me, if I find out something triggers you. Yes. I'm picking out the whole game. I'm picking out it the whole game. It's, 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 it's the mind games. It's the mind games because now you're thinking about what I'm saying to you instead of worrying about the next play. So now I'm in your mind. So now I didn't won that battle already because I'm in your head. That's fast. And and I'm taking you out your game. So now you now you're hurting your team because I got you mentally fucked up. <laughs> it's a fact you know, though. It's it's something. It's something that I want to see them trial low key. Try like one game, see how see how, see how people see how, see how people, you know what I'm saying, react to it. I feel like it, it could go good or it could go bad, but I w- I'm gonna say I wouldn't be opposed to it. Would y'all be opposed for what? I mean, you're not opposed to it because we played and we know I'm not yeah. opposed to it. I just don't think they would ever do it because of, just because it's too it's too vulgar. There's a lot of kids that watch that yes, watch sports that's, too. It, that's what I'm but saying. They, but the parent, but I mean, at the end of the day, who's paying for the pay per view? You gotta be a, the people they owe heads. Their parent, if their parents are okay with it, that's their fault. You're not liable for their parents paying for that stuff. That's true. You're, you're not li- like when you, think about if you have courtside tickets to a game, bro. You're not liable for your kid if you sing courtside as a kid. They gonna hear everything the players are saying that's anyway. Fast. That's, that's true. So you're not you're not liable for what they saying. They that's their fast. parents paid for that. They allowed them to come to their parental guardian. They put their kids in that predicament to be in that arena to listen to whatever. Think about all the fans that say all the stuff when you're in arenas, bro. Yeah. Fans don't care their kids around. They'll be f you, this okay. dude, dude. It's the same thing. Well, I'm I'm thinking about just the casual fan that, you know, you some parents might put their kid into a sport that never even plays sports, right? You put your kid into a sport, you go watch that shit on TV, you say, "Well, damn, I don't want my kid to become like that." Exactly. He's not playing no football. If that's what he's gonna become like, no. That's what I think the NFL might be afraid of because already it's already becoming a problem now where it's hard to get kids to play football because the parents don't want them taking hits to the head already. And then you don't want them to just be violent. Just then you don't want them. To, then you want them to be. Then, then you're bringing that violence with that aggression. I don't want that for my kid. He's not playing football. That's why I think the NFL might might be a little bit scared of of airing the the audio. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with the whole NFL, the NBA, and all that stuff. 
um, sports are definitely in a space that we've never seen before. And I was listening to Taylor Rooks' interview. She was having like J.J. Redick and I forget the other guy I was, but they were talking about if you have to make all these changes to just make something happen, is it even worth it? Not, is it even worth it? Because and she brought up a, a, a situation where she said, like, think about if you're in a relationship with which is with a girl or significant other. If you're if you're a girl with a guy, um, if you have to make all these accommodations just to be in a relationship with that person, is it really worth it to be in a relationship with that person? It's the same. It's it's a similar it's a similar scenario. Is it really worth it to have the league if you have to really if you have to make all these changes? Like, because at the end of the day, if LeBron wins a chip in the NBA. They're going to put an asterisk next to it and say, oh, this was during COVID, da da da. It's going to try to, to, try to yeah. make his legacy, you feel, minimize his legacy, bro, at the end of the day. So, like, is it really worth it to continue what's going on? That's the biggest problem. I think Brown's looking at it from that point. Because for him, outside of, like, league, outside of the league, just for him, they're just going to, they're going to say whatever. It's like, okay, let's even say he gets COVID, like, God forbid, right? And he can't play. Let's say the Clippers win. Are they really going to be like, yeah, Clippers run? The league, no, because LeBron didn't play. You know what I'm saying? If he, if someone else catches COVID, you know, on the Clippers, he plays. Oh well, you know, they weren't really at full strength. Is that in the third? So right. it's like for Bron, it's like for him, it's it's different. Yeah, it's like if he doesn't again that he doesn't, top tier. Yeah, if he does, yeah. If he doesn't, then oh, he's not playing. He's scared of the Clippers. If he plays, oh. Um, it didn't really matter. The league was different. It's not, he He's not winning either way for him. A lot of the players are not going to win either way. You know what I'm saying? Even Giannis is going to be weird because it's going to be like, oh, yeah, he won, but it's like, look at how the league is. You know, everybody's at a disadvantage right now. Yeah, it's like, oh, Giannis won, but LeBron's not in the East no more, so it's easier for him. Kind of shit like that. So pe- people are going to say what they want to say regardless. Yeah. No, I agree with y'all 100%. So um, Shannon brought something to my attention about um, collegiate sports and how – they're not allowing Mississippi to hold any championship, whether it's conference, anything type like that, because until they remove the Confederate flag from their state. What oh. are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's justified or you said Mississippi? Wait, Mississippi state of NCAA. They apply pressure. Oh, that's fire. Apply pressure. That's fire. Apply pressure. If, if y'all want to continue to be racist and oh man, that's fire. Oh, oh goodness. Here's another thing: a, a, a university like Mississippi, Mississippi State. How many fucking black players do you have on your team? Y'all got Confederate flags. Mississippi State, until a couple of years ago, their logo was a Confederate flag. You go to their games, you see Confederate flags by everybody in the stands being waved. And I think to myself, damn, I can't imagine going to a school where I see Confederate And then I had somebody say to me, well, don't the players know that going into it? But I'm like, yeah, but damn. They're going to get a first. You have to give up some things to get a first class education like that, yeah. especially coming from where you come from. Some of them might think, damn, I got to go do what I got to do. Plus, going to the Mississippi State will be my best chance to go to the league mm-hmm. to make money, right? So I think this is a great desperate NCAA. Apply, pres- apply pressure to let them know if y'all want to continue these, these racist ideologies, yeah. then we're not going to associate with you because, oh, my God, this whole Confederate flag thing has been pissing me off because – People need to understand that the that, that the Confederate flag was against the, the the people that were fighting for freedom. It was it was a re, it's a rebellious flag. So the flag that you were supporting or sung gung ho on is uh, an, an an oppression flag, right? So so you, it, this flag really like the whole NASCAR thing. Yeah. Y'all really are mad that y'all can't bring a racist flag to this country, and and people say, oh, America this is our country. 
you're bringing, you're waving a flag that was against your own country. Are you not realizing that? They, they, and that's the and that's the number one problem with everything. And it's just like, just even speaking about schools for, just even speaking about schools for a second is just, yeah, you got freedom of speech, but there's a difference between freedom of speech that you know you're just genuinely expressing yourself, and you know you're not being limited to what you can say, versus now you're just one. In my opinion, you're being stupid, and two, you're using that to you know instill ideologies that would make other people that go to your school uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like you go to a school, obviously we're primarily white people. You have black players. It looks bad already that you know. They go to school and they probably hear, hey, good job, buddy. Or like, you know, hey, you're not like one of them back home or you're not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just even knowing that for me going to Rutgers and seeing what I saw there is just like I can only imagine what players at at Mississippi State go through. And that's I I think that's fire. Like the NCAA, that's fire. Like it is. And and and. Things are the way they are up here. They're hard for us as black men. Right. Exactly. I will say this. In the South, especially in the deep South, like yeah. Alabama, Mississippi, I can't imagine how much worse it probably is. Not play no games, son. You know what I'm saying? It's probably the the profiling and the stereotyping is probably ten times worse because those are already racist states exactly. from 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 the very beginning, from the very beginning, racist states. So scary is what it is. It's scary, and I think it's great. Like I said, apply pressure, bro. Don't don't let these universities. Off the hook because once you start affecting people's bottom line, yeah, that's when things start to change. Sadly, that's what you got to do. Sadly, sometimes you got to take take their money away, hit 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 them where which is which is their pockets. That's what I be telling people at Rutgers too. Like, I was just gonna say, like, just even talking about that, just to touch about that briefly. Like, a lot of these schools, like Rutgers, was the oldest, was like one of the oldest universities in the country. A lot of the school, a lot of the buildings that we used to attend class in were built by slave owners. Like, well. We'll be driving on the Facts. bus next. You know, there's a whole building. Slaves built it. Then they use it. You know, obviously for administration purposes, for other reasons. But it's naming like, after the people. Yeah, yeah. and then it's Every like college across the country. Has yeah, that. and then now you try to like you try to you try to like throw us some crumbs. Like, oh yeah, we have Sir Journal Truth Apartments, or like you know we have the Paul Robeson Building, but you don't throw money in there like that. You know what I mean? And it's like you you don't you don't. You don't do it because you know it's the right thing to do. You're doing it, so that's how you're appeasing everybody. And I think nah, that's it's a fact. And then I feel like cases. people don't pay much mind because people don't really know the history behind it. But exactly. the people that do know the history behind it, because Emmanuel um, Acho, you you don't want to like kind of like, got me hip to him, Shannon, mm-hmm. and like his uncomfortable conversations with a black man. He alluded to that on his last episode. He's talking about when you walk through because he went to the University of Texas, and that's that's the deep south. Yeah. And when you walking through with with the, with the Longhorn logo on your chest, but then you kind of snap back into reality and you see statues and buildings of slave owners that oppress exactly. the people that, yeah. that that are your people. It's like it makes you feel some type of way. And then also when you're running out that tunnel, bro, and you have people that only care for you because you're making their their making money for their team or winning championships for your team, but outside of that, they don't give two shits about you. Thing, you go to these stadiums, like a place like Texas, you walk out the stadium out the tunnel in Ohio, so you look up, all white folks on the whole thing, bro. Mind you, the best players on the fucking team, including the quarterback, all black. All black. It's nuts. But as soon as I take this O off my tail or this Longhorn thing off, I'm a regular, regular black dude. I'm a regular yeah. nigga on the street. You know, but you want to cheer for me when I'm when I'm playing for y'all mater. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as I take it off, I ain't shit. You know, it's, it's crazy. Scary. It's crazy. That's scary, bro. And 
we're just gonna roll off of that and talk about money and bringing money to certain universities. And we talked, me and Shan talked about it before, um, about Mikey Williams. He was the number quote unquote before the ESPN rankings came out for the class of I think 2023. He was number one rated player in the freshman class. And he was talking about he's gonna go to HBCU. And I made a tweet the other day alluding to why doesn't BET host all HBCU athletics? It fits their it fits their demographic and their audience that they that they reach out to. And people are talking about, well, BET's owned by Viacom and they're they're not they're not black owned. Well I'm like, even if Viacom is not black owned, the demographic of BET, the network that they host is black is all is, is all black owned shows. Their 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 board of directors are black, their 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 producers are black, whatever it may be. That's something that would up their revenue in pockets because HBCUs at the end of the day, whether it seems like it or not, their followings are big. Like when you see Battle of the Bands and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. it's like they show out for that. So why not give the HBCUs a platform on a national scale to bring revenue to your network? Because it's not a priority. Like Viacom owns, I think they own Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, they def own Nickelodeon, MV, MV, MTV, MTV, all of them. Yeah, so it's like when you have all those that are you're already getting your revenue in from you know from not black people. Like I'm just gonna say, like anything that's not black, you're gonna be fine. Like majority of the revenue is coming in from white people, and it's a white owned, it's a white owned, it's a white owned TV station. So like for me, that's a good the, point. The way I'm looking at it is that like they're not they're not pressed for it because it's just like I'm already making my money. I get what you're saying, but it, there's no he, it's not it's not going to do him any justice doing it and it's not going to hurt him. I can't agree with that. I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't agree with that because not saying it, I'm not saying it's going to hurt him, but at the same time though, at the end of the day, when it comes to being a business owner, you want to enhance your pockets. That's going to enhance your pockets, bro. At the end of the day, you when, whether you have a business, whether you're the owner, think about think about um, the Auntie Mama situation mm-hmm. with the, with the syrup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's white owned, but they put that black face there to sell their product to make their pockets bigger. Even though it's not it may not be a priority, they know that there there is gonna uh-huh. is gonna up their pockets. So when you think about BET, awesome. your your BET your network, you know that demographic is what black people. You know it shows all all the old school black black music, black TV shows, black movies, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Now why won't you why won't you add the HBCUs to up your pockets? Even though if, I don't think it's right that you're just using it for that nature, but still at the no, same time you're you're, you're you're gonna elevate your pockets you're gonna help the hbcus that that need bread at the end of the yes. day yes. so at the same time it's a win-win for both sides you're not losing this in, i understand if it was a lose you're gonna say oh i'm gonna lose bread because my white counterparts don't want to see that but white people don't watch bet but i'm not white people it. don't watch bet but i'm not saying hey, talk to him mills i mean real rap you could have a whole bt2 or bt sports have that be a whole platform bro that would make so much money you know how many people Black people, I'll say, probably have never watched an uh, a, a HBCU, HBCU teams play against each other. How many people watch the HBCU National Championship? Do you? No. Do you know where it's even played at? No. Nah. This is what I'm saying. It's played in New Orleans every year, and it sells out the Superdome. All black folks. It's a huge deal. But I guess my thing is how I'm, I'm just going to throw questions out there as I'm thinking about it. As okay. Someone, just say for someone who wants to do that, right? So now you got to think about a TV deal, right? Yep. You also have to think about branding. You also yep. have to think about all these other things. Yep. One, a lot of HBCUs are underfunded, and you're right. They will make their money, right? But at the same time, it's like for you to sit here and put a spotlight on there, you would have to they would also have to be getting money, right? For example, Rutgers gets 
billions of dollars and it's a state funded school. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they can go and put them on the Big Ten. Everything is cool. It's a, it's a money. But the Big Ten has their own network. They do have, the, but that's what I'm their saying. Their conference has their network. That's what, but see, that's, see mm-hmm. I'm going to answer that question right now. You don't have to make, you don't make the deal with the team. You make the deal with the conference. SWAC, the SWAC conference is a is, is a thriving conference. SWAC, the NIAC. I mean, it's they, they they have con- there's conferences. You make you start off on a rollout. You roll it out. It's not like you go to every team to start off. You start off with the SWAC. They're 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 a prim- Al- Al- their best your best conference. There's a lot of teams like I think Alcorn State Al- and all of them yeah. are in there, and they make their yeah, premier teams, bro. In, in terms of football, you can start with football because that's the biggest revenue maker. Mm-hmm. Boom! At football games, everybody come and the HBCUs people say. They have to come in and come for the game all the time. They come for the band at halftime. Yeah. You you implement that into your into your money making. Oh, you air the halftime show every exactly. time, the every time the home, all that stuff. That's, that's my, but that's my thing though. It's about like, and that's why I'm saying about branding. It's like, okay, you have this, but where is that fitting in for them? And that's why that's my bigger question. It's like I'm not saying what you're saying is valid, and I agree with you. But I'm merely just asking the questions from a Viacom person's perspective. It's like, mm-hmm. what's what? Well, like you're saying, yeah, I make bread in this. I make bread in this. But okay, I'm gonna throw bread there. I throw bread at the conferences. But at what point do you see me make revenue from this? From a Viacom person's perspective, on top of you, that, you make culture, you make you, you the culture ahead. about it as well. Like because part of the reason why I'm saying that Viacom, even though yeah, BT's not for BT's not for white people. But what I'm saying is that most of their most of the TV shows and TV channels that they own are all for white people. So okay. why I'm saying that is like, okay, I'm doing this, but like, am I like, how do I gen, how do I genuinely benefit if it's I already make so much money doing all these other things from everybody else? BT, I'm not thinking about BT. Think about this. Think about this. The Grambling, like the, when they had the Battle of Bands, like the HBCU National Championship, they have it like on CBS. And Shannon just said they sell out the, the New Orleans Superdome every year. They sell it. Sell out. it. Sell out every year. Think about if they did that on a regular basis. All black folks. You know, oh, the, the Superdome. The Superdome carries almost a hundred thousand people. Not for a fact. But well, well I I, I want to answer your thing because you said about you said if you, if if you're running Viacom, you're saying how am I going to make more money? Billionaires and people that have money always want to make more. Doesn't matter if it's a hundred million dollars more or ten million dollars more. They're going to want it, right? And another thing is uh, uh, not just football, but basketball. You think about how many people go to these conference tournaments, these HBCU conference tournaments every single year for basketball? It's a huge thing. You have guys that 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 come back that have played years and years and years ago. They all come to these tournaments. They're huge things. They need to be televised. And if, if a guy like a Mikey Williams goes to an HBCU, that's going to start an insane wave you you've already seen a lot of players from division one schools have transferred now during this whole after this george floyd thing have transferred to hbcus so now you're talking about some of the best players in the country going to these hbcus that aren't really known for having a ton of talent that's a big deal but what i'm saying is you're a hundred i'm not disagreeing with you guys no but what i'm saying is that look at it look at it from like from the perspective of this it's like what, like you're making money, but like it's what am I genuinely gaining? And my, that's, and that's I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'm about to tell you this right that's now. I'm, I'm about to tell you this right now. See a game because they're I'm, not I'm, I'm, see I'm, it. I, I understand what you're saying at that point, but like Shannon said, when you allude to when you when you bring the fact of like Mikey Williams, potentially like Bronny James, yeah. potentially the classes that are coming up and they're all HBCUs. This is a this is a 
perfect timing for them to initiate to see if the rollout's going to work out for them. That's you know nice. what I'm saying? Because if you have the premier athletes at, in the football schools, in the basketball realm, because I think the basketball is going to be the, the, the start for it, you yeah. feel me, in terms yeah. of the athletes. If a guy like Mike Williams goes to a yeah. HBCU like Howard, or in like say like Bronny Williams, because they're all close to each other, let's all go to, it matters to say, let's all go to HBCUs and let's, let's turn this thing around, let's bring the top talent to the black schools. And I, and I guarantee their pops and all that stuff are behind them doing that too as well. <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like, you do that, why wouldn't Viacom be like, oh, let's get this deal. Now the top t- athletes are here. We have exclusive deals with these com- conferences. We signed these deals with them early before Bronnie James, Mikey Williams, all of them are in college. They they signed these deals. Now they're on a national scale. Yep. Only their games are getting played at B- on BET, yep. not CBS, not ABC, not ESPN. You're playing on BET Sports Network. Yep. The top pr- Everybody's tuning into that. I don't care what anybody's. That's where you make your money and revenue. And like I said, basketball, football is another skill because they make a lot of bread. But like basketball, you see that happen. Why would you not do it? And, and another thing, like just, just piggyback on the whole. We we not ganging up on you here. No, we're, no, we're just you. we're just. I'm I'm just trying to answer your question, right? Like Mill said, now the NCAA will have to put a spotlight on these HBCUs. Now it's now it's going to bring money to them, yeah. right? And 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 that's going to make everything so much better. And so so now you're going to have a situation where. A Viacom, maybe a CBS is going to come in and try and outbid a Viacom for that. So now, being a Viacom, now you have to give BET more money because there's companies that are coming and trying to give you more. A CBS Sports, a ESPN, TNT. True. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. How much money there is potentially to be made from this? So for Viacom, that's your motivation right there, the bread. And then on top of that, bro, when the NCAA tournament comes around, say the say the say the say that the, like, Howard's, like, because Mike Williams' mom, he went yeah. to Howard, whatever. Say, like, Bronny James was, like, an Alcorn State or Graham in the hoop or something, like, whatever it may be. And they're they're going into the tournament. Now, BT, uh, BT's going to get a deal yeah, for the tournament, NCAA uh, tournament. You know how people watch March Madness? Uh, yeah, that's a fact. That's what I'm saying. So, it's like, it's a trickle-down It's a trickle down effect. That's A lot of people only watch college basketball when March Madness happens. Yeah, so, now, BT has an exclusive deal. We're the only people that can air the HBCU sports. I, and you feel me? And March Madness comes, so now they have a portion of that. It's like, all right, so any HBC team, you're, we're airing on here first. If y'all want to air our teams, you need to give us a cut of your station. Yes. Now Viacom getting bread from BET and, say, CBS is airing, like Shannon said, say ABC is airing, TNT is airing. That's cut. That's more revenue coming in. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if they were smart, they would get on it early and, 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 and try to make it happen at least. What's the worst that can happen? One more thing till the, before you respond. One more thing. Just imagine having six or seven HBCUs in a tournament. You know, we we coming to support, bro. You already know we coming to support. And then if you think about that, think about the impact that could have on the next generation. They're seeing these HBCUs. I want to go to North Carolina Central. I want to go to Morehouse now. But I guess. And, and, and one more thing. I know Shay said this one more thing, but, but you got me. They got me on. You got me on. Because my pop talk was all the time. He said back in the day when he was coming up playing football. He like yeah he had the big schools like Alabama but he wanted to go to like Fisk he wanted to go to Grambling because yeah. they had all the brothers that was it said people forget like before maybe like what the sixties or, or something like that seventies before Alabama's all before yeah. it was integrated bro Grambling all of them was competing they was better than the USC's yeah, Bamas right. and all that stuff because they had the bro they had the athletes bro yeah. and that'll change the the, the circle of every wow. the, the stride the tide whatever it may be whatever you want to call it, the trend of everything bro and it's like. But it's something I'm passionate about because, because like you said, and then and you you you're a frat, you're in a frat, bro. Think about all the frat people that come out because they alma maters in the national championship or something like that. That's a fact. 
I mean, I look at it like I don't not agree with you guys. I just think the way I'm looking at it is at this, right? One, I think there's something that we don't know. I think it may just be a funding issue that they don't even throw money to BET. I just don't think that they do. Just you probably period. don't. Yeah, you probably don't. Number two, I also look at the um the standpoint from how do I say this? I look at it from a standpoint of I'm gonna just throw it out there. I just think that there does there is a race card that plays into it. You know I, what agree I'm with saying? you 100%. Like, I agree with you 100%. Because I'm, I'm looking at it. I don't want to throw that in there, but like sports plays a role. And I think also money and how much money is going into the school plays a role. Because it's like, if you have rates, like, look at it like HBCs, like I said, are underfunded, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them are not state-funded schools. A lot of the schools that have a lot of these deals, they're either, some of them are private schools. Yeah, you see them on TV, but that's only when you have like the big schools that are state-funded are on the TV. Like right. all the schools yep, in the Big Ten yep, are state-funded. So it's like, imagine now we're like, yeah, let's go to let's go to Grambling State, Fisk, all these schools that aren't state funded, and you're throwing money at them. How do you know you're making that money back? That's why I was saying, like, from branding and culture and money wise, it's like, how do I like, how would Viacom make their money back, that's, even if they cut a check with them? That's it's not going to be as much bread. That's where you come in with the business proposal, bro. You have to have a strategic plan to make that happen, and that comes with anything. But, like you, you have to literally. Obviously, all this is not gonna happen overnight. Yeah, no. It probably fact. be like a five five year plan, something like that, where you have to really, all right, this is what we're gonna do first. Once we do this, this is how we're gonna get this deal. Mm-hmm. You know that deal. Like I said, and then you implement like the athletes that are coming up from the classes. Oh, now these teams getting getting sponsors by Nike yep. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yep. and they're gonna promote them on this page. Oh, athlete this, athlete that, that type of thing. And then these one and done. Some of them gonna be one and done. So now they're in the league promote. Oh, promoting their, pr- promoting their schools yeah, and all that stuff. True. It's like it's it's a whole think, it's a whole process when it comes to branding and marketing. And then, like we say, the the, the athletes and celebrities, they would all be on board with this. Oh, you're not you facts. know, I mean, you think about all the the famous actors, actresses, and, and famous people that have, that have come from HBCUs, like a Spike Lee or somebody. They will go crazy for something no, yeah, like this. That's a fact. I think so. I think to answer the question, I think that what should happen. Obviously, it goes down to just the school at a standpoint. I think first, in order for them to even get to that point, they got to find a way to increase more revenue and get sponsors and stuff like that. One hundred percent. And I think doing that, I think that we can start moving towards. All right, let's move towards enhancing the sports teams and stuff like that. Because it's like the money thing is that the money thing is that after is an afterthought. Even with schools like Rutgers, because Rutgers, is, I use Rutgers because obviously I went there. Rutgers is a research institution. Mm-hmm. They make all their bread off, like, just research. You feel me? So it's like, I think what I personally think needs to happen is obviously first focus on, like, the core of what you want the school to do. Is it a research institution, a black research institution? Okay. If not, okay. you could partner with, like, another school. Obviously, like, a, a non-HBCU, but get that bread. Then you can focus on, all right, yeah, now we can put more money to the sports teams because most of that research money goes into the schools and they make money off of everything else, sports teams, all that stuff. That's when the money comes to, all right, we're going to pay you guys hundreds of a year, X amount of dollars, Mm -hmm. and we take X percent. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it's a good idea. It's a great idea. It's just like that's the biggest problem at the core. I personally think that the branding of HBCUs and the funding of HBCUs are so bad that – it's like okay, what would be the point of us doing that? Because no, it doesn't, that's a great it doesn't point. look, it doesn't look true. shiny like an LSU. Mm-hmm. Like most of the, most of the football fields are not an LSU football field. You no. feel me? So it's like uh, well, they're, they're small time universities. They're yeah. all small. None, none of them are, are on that scale of, of an LSU. All, and that's the craziest thing. Like if it's not like a Howard or like a Fist, they're all still incredible schools. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. And that's the that's the that's the worst part about it. And that's what I, I look at it from a money issue from a white man's pocket. It's like yeah, no why doubt. Am I, why am I funding? Like don't take this the wrong way. Anybody goes to HBCU, it's like. Why would I want to go and fund or record a bunch of black people playing at like a a sport a sports place that doesn't look as good as say like 
Penn State. No, you're right. Ohio University. You know what I mean? I went so, to um I went to Morehouse Howard a couple years ago. It was an RFK down in DC. Mm-hmm. The stadium was barely full. You know what I'm saying? And that but the but the vibe of the game was, was ridiculous, bro. The band's playing the the stands are is rocking up and down, bro. I've never been to a game like that before, bro. I think never been to a game like that. It was amazing. I'm just like, damn. Imagine if this whole stadium was filled with people right now. With the with the band playing, the energy in here would be ridiculous. I, I wish more resources were poured into those universities because they they need it. They need it. I think that one way that they could do that is obviously place an emphasis on the bands because everybody knows HBCUs have live bands mm-hmm. like i think that they should probably find ways to put money into those programs as well and i think that that'll attract more business deals i think you just start out with the bands and then move on into sports and then move on into the institutions i don't know i'm just throwing ideas out there because i've thought about that before too but it's, never thought about it's, like it's, this. it's definitely something that um i'm definitely continue to look into and something that like i'm passionate about like i said that's why i brought up the question was like like I said, at the end of the day, when it comes to black culture, black we make shit go. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. So it's possible. I don't care. It's that's possible. We just have to figure out how we would go about doing it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's another conversation to be had. We can go deeper into it. But this episode was a good episode. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate the moves coming on, man. Appreciate you guys. Um, great conversation. Um, we'll probably when you guys hear this, it'll probably be like Monday. So hope you guys had a good weekend, good Jew Teeth weekend. Hope you guys turned up. Um, continue to support the movement that's going on. Black Lives Matter. Um, like I said, we still need Justin Breonna Taylor and all the other victims of police brutality and the injustice system that we have. And not just the system. All the people that have been done wrong need to, need to um, get their cases justified. You feel me? It's a fact. And it's just something we continue to fight for within our community and other communities as well. Um, I want to say a shout out to my to Coach Leo, man. I know you're fighting a battle with cancer. We heard, I just got the news, man. Keep keep doing you. A lot of love and prayers. A lot of people um, are rooting for you. We know you. We know you're gonna make it through. Um, but yeah, a lot of love, peace. And, and this episode was dope. If y'all got any other shout outs? I mean, just say it on the on the mic. Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, Coach Bartrick as well that we all played for in high school. He's battling with uh, early onset dementia right now. So he's been battling that for about two years now. So we definitely want to keep you in our thoughts and prayers, Coach B. Facts. I mean, if, if that's it, if y'all got another more, episode 29 of the Face of the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shane. And that's all, man. We'll see y'all next episode.